Welcome back to the State of the Ark podcast. My name is Mike. My name is Kaysen. Kind of very we, we got past Kilika Temple. We can like, actually talk about things. <laughs> so it's supposed to be episode one, it ended up being episode four? Yeah, I think we got through four before we got there. I think we'll be moving faster now, though. Uh, I think so, too. The plan today is to get all the way through Luca to the Mian High Road. To Mian, yeah, exactly. Uh, so let's get started. All right. Um, so let's see. We ended on Lulu sort of like being really condescending rude yes, to, uh, Waka. to Waka. Yeah, yeah. There's actually, I was watching that again today, and mm-hmm. there was another element to this that I hadn't remembered or considered last time we talked about it. She says something about like, Chapu's never coming back. But then she goes on to say, nor is Sir Jekt, or Braska for that matter. And there's a part of me that wondered if that comment was directed at Yuna instead of uh. Waka. Because like, Waka's not concerned about whether Jekt is still alive or yes. whatever. Jekt is Titus's Titus dad, yeah. and Braska is... It's almost like so she's like, laying it out there for everybody. It's, it's like, all of you stop with the nonsense. Yeah. Which I thought was interesting, because I thought that whole tirade was sort of like directed at Waka. You know, originally. I did too. But now there's a part of me that thinks she's just telling everyone to like stop, like... <laughs> Like, move on already. Well, if that's the case, even if it's not the case, this is the first time we see her more or less lose her cool. Yeah. And the way you um, put it right there, it makes it make a little more sense in that regard than the way I saw it previously, where it's like, no, she really did lose it, kind of on everybody. Yeah. And that I don't think from here, even to the rest of the game, I don't remember if, if she loses it quite like that. She's yeah. so composed, you know? Yeah. And like Yuna kind of yeah, runs after her. her right after that because yeah, the camera yeah. does shift on to Yuna for a second there. Well, does that make me wonder then? Maybe they'd spoken in the past and maybe Yuna harbored some types of feelings of seeing her father again. Yeah. Right. May- we know that in the very least she's trying to follow in her father's footsteps. Yes. So you know that the desire is there to at least emulate him if she can't be with him. Yeah. And the fact that Yuna is sort of gravitating toward Titus here. Yes. And the connection there with Sir Jack's son and, and all this. And it, yes. I think she's tr- Lulu's trying to tell everyone, like, stop trying to stop. connect to these yes. people that are gone now. Yes. Like, let it go. Which is an interesting <laughs> thing for a religious person to say. Yes. <laughs> but I, her, her ideas about the religion are maybe yeah. not quite like Waka. As she's not as, as devout as Waka is. Probably Waka not. is just like, do yeah. the tea. So anyways, it was just an extra point there. That's that cool. I like that. Upon watching the scene again, I was like, oh, I had forgotten she had said, yeah. nor is Sir Jack or Lord Braska or whatever his title is for right. that matter. Um, she, anyway. She's getting fed up with all that. Yeah, <laughs> she's pissed. <laughs> so you go to the Kilika Temple, you get uh, confronted by the Luca goers <laughs> for some reason. It was. I, that was so good. <laughs> that was so great. Those guys are so classic, just stereotypical. Yeah. They're the, the bullies on the playground, just yeah. like straight up. I I kind of wonder like what they're doing there. I know that... I thought the, they were with the summoner, but it turns out she only has one guardian, yeah, so they're not so. related. So e- uh, The only reason I thought they were connected is because they're both complete like jerks. <laughs> yes. <laughs> they're both horrible people. And I'm like, oh, they must have been together. Yes. yes. So like I, I understand for like a storytelling purpose why it's there. It's meant to set up. This is the team yeah. that we're rivals with, and right. that we're gonna face, you know, later at the the arena, um, the tournament. Mm-hmm. I don't think it needed to be done at Kilika. That could have been done in Luca. 
right? Sure, like where they, they get confronted. So I'm not sure, because, hmm. I mean, the Luca goers are from Luca. That's like the city you're going right. to Right, what are they doing here? Why did they come to Kilika Temple? Maybe somebody knows the answer to that. Hmm. I'm not saying there isn't a reason. I just don't know what the reason is, if there is one, other than they just wanted at this point to introduce this rivalry and be like, and so that uh, Titus yeah. can say, oh, putting people down, they're just as bad as my old man, right? Right. And Yuna responds to that, but Sir Jekt was a kind and gentle man. And he's like, well, not my Jekt. So kind of reinforcing he this He still idea. doesn't believe that they're the same person. Yeah. That her Jekt and his Jekt. They can't be if they're that different. Exactly. Like, I'm telling you, like, my old man yeah. is not like that. So, I don't know. Uh, anyways, it's, it's kind of a funny scene, though. Um, it is, it is. Then... Uh, he says, even 10 years after he left, just thinking about my old man got me angry. But maybe that was just my way of keeping him... Nah. <laughs> yeah. So... That was good. He was this close to a moment of self-realization, yeah. right? And then he puts it off. But you can tell, at least at this point, the fact that he even went there. The wheels are starting to turn yeah. in his mind. And he's starting to wonder if maybe he does have a closer connection to his father and does have some longing for his father yeah. that he is just is unaware of. Yeah. So whatever abuse he feels he suffered, yeah. right, there's still a part of him that wants reconciliation, the longing for that, right? Yeah, it's yeah. still there somewhere, but he's kind of denying it. Yeah, but I like it. It shows subtle Greek character growth. Yeah, yeah, I like it too. Yeah. So then you go into the temple, and this is where you're confronted by Donna, <laughs> the other summoner. <laughs> just seeing her was, my wife just like gasped. She was like, what? <laughs> What is this game? And I'm like, I'm sorry, I didn't realize. Yeah. What the heck? But she, yeah, and she is just horrible. She's horrible. Yeah, it's kind of like both of these instances are just kind of the, yeah, kind of a, what's the word I'm looking for? Like tropey bully characters, yes, right? very much. Yeah, and back to back, Yeah, it, it does feel kind of weird. Uh, yeah. So, you know, Waka is confronted by the Luca Goer bullies. Yeah. And then Yuna's confronted by another summoner bully. Yeah. And, and, uh, it, and pretty stereotypical. Pretty flat character, yeah, bully characters. It, it's, it's, it's strange to me how she attempts to mock her. It like, it like just, for me, it would just like bounce off. Like, how is that insulting? I know. Like, it's like not even that bad. Because she's like, oh, like so many guardians. Like, why do you have so many? I only need one. Yes. Your father only needed two. Why do you bring so many with you? Yeah. Like, like how could you not want as many competent guardians as uh, possible? Seriously, seriously. <laughs> trying to defeat Sid. I know. It's like, well, I can get by with one. It's like, what are you doing? Get why, get more. Why would you not want like twelve, twenty, whatever? That if yeah. they're all like. Uh, competent, if they're all qualified, <laughs> that would be better than one Why in any an circumstance. So it's just yeah. weird. I don't know. But you know, so it's a weird thing to get upset about. But we did just mention the whole connection with Brodowska and how Yuna wants to basically be yeah. as similar to her father as possible. Yeah. And Donna's kind of poking at her, saying, "Hey, you're nothing like your father." That's probably true. And and maybe that's what got to Yuna mm -hmm. even more than just like the stupid insult. It's yeah. just like, "Hey, you're not like your dad." Right. And so she's like, "Whoa, hold up." <laughs> Hold up. Oh, she handles it really well. Oh, she does, yeah. So she's, she's like, these like, are my friends. <laughs> you know, the, I, I bring yeah. only as many people as I can trust. Yes. And I would never question your ways, you know. 
so can you just leave us in peace? Yes. She she handles it with a lot of grace. Yes. Which is, speaks There's a lot. So to much her grace character. to where I figure I thought that Donna might actually, you know, do a little bit of an about face and stop being yeah. such an annoying character after that, yeah. which she does not. Yeah. In fact, <laughs> but Donna kind of is okay. She's like, ah, oh, whatever. Let's leave. She didn't like make it into a bigger thing. That line is one of the most awkwardly delivered lines I've ever heard because. It's, it's like when they spliced the two lines together or something, they didn't put a space between it. You know? oh. So it's like it, she, she barely ends the first sentence and then the second one starts right on. <laughs> okay, so okay. It, it, I, I kind of wrote you. it in the way that it's like um, delivered. You do what you want, Bartella, we're leaving. You do what you want, Bartella, we're leaving. <laughs> it's just like, <laughs> it's like so it's fast. It's all part of the same thought. Yes, almost. it's just like blah. <laughs> now, I don't think that it was that way in the Japanese, at least Probably in the, the deliverance, yeah. or the delivering of the line. Um, but I almost wonder if the English, they just had to fit too oh, many words into that short space. To like scrunch it in. Like, yeah. yeah. But this wasn't an FMV, so they should have. Yeah, that, they're, not, they're not like limp syncing. Yeah. I think anything. that was just a mistake. Yeah. It was, I don't know, just funny the way it was delivered. You do what you want. Bartolo, we're leaving. Bartolo, we're leaving. <laughs> anyway, so yeah, they're funny. going into the cloister trials. So Ketis real quick, I do want to mention the mandala at the center of this oh, temple yeah. because it's not it's not like the Bisset one. It's a different one. It's it's quite different. And the the one in Bisset, it was it's actually kind of refreshing for me because I was like, man, maybe I'm reading too much into the the Bisset mandala because it's like it's all there. And some of these other mandalas, let's see if I can find the same types of symbolism there. Yeah. And they're so different. Mm. I can't at all do what I was able to pull from the Besed um, mandala. I can't pull almost almost any of that. There's still some of it with the square circle imagery, but yeah. it's, it's clearly saying something very different huh. in this temple, which is more about, in fact, most of the patterns are pretty nonsensical. It's not perfectly symmetrical mm. um, because there's that letter in the center. And then there's tons of basically just the waters and fires of chaos going all around up to the middle circle. Mm. You know, it's, there's not as much meaning there. I mean, it's still meaningful, but it's not saying as many things, right? Mm. And so then I could jump back to the Besed one and I'm like, it's definitely intentional the way the Besed one is set up. So, mm. uh, but this one, this one's, this one's, um, Really Super different. cool, uh, but which which summon was this temple? I Ifrit. actually kind of forget. Ifrit, okay. Mm -hmm. Well, if there's a lot of fire in it, that would make well, sense. Well, exactly, right? exactly. Yeah. yeah. So it seems like all the flames and then the center icon and all that. So If it's chaotic and if it's got yep. fire imagery, it's probably somehow representative of Ifrit in some way. Yeah. I would assume, and again, I didn't check this, <laughs> that that would probably be the same summoning circle so that appears called, when Ifrit is yeah. it's, summoned. It, the mandalas at the temple are always bigger and more complex than the ones when they're summoned, mm. um, but it's similar. And I think it still has that same letter. It's, it's not English or uh, Japanese, yeah. but there's still that symbol at the very middle that I think is the same. Gotcha. So uh, they head into the cloister trials. Titus cannot go because he's not a guardian yet. So they're like, you gotta stay out. <clears throat> but then Donna comes back and- <laughs> Oh yeah, we didn't mention her guardian. Is just this really buff, just this huge like giant. Yeah, big, basically, big burly. And he doesn't speak, talk, or think much. <laughs> he just kind of does things, yeah. right? But yeah, he steps in and he just throws us back onto the platform. Yeah, and the, I think the reason she's doing this is because they mentioned earlier Yuna 
could be punished for someone not a guardian yes. in, in her retinue going in with her. Mm -hmm. So this is clearly Donna trying to yeah. like get her excommunicated or get her in trouble yes. by forcing Titus to go in. So Donna may feel somewhat threatened by Yuna's abilities. So. Yuna's, well, especially Yuna's Braska's yeah. daughter. It's like, okay, we got to take care of this girl so that I can get all the praise, you know, mm -hmm. for doing the thing. But um, also, it, it's interesting to me that Titus goes through with it. Yeah. Like, is there not a way to get back up? I would. I, is I there don't not know. a way to stay there? Because it's just an go? elevator. Unless yeah. they just like, unless there's a contraption up there where they can keep the elevator down. And uh, not let it back up or something. I don't know, because my for, that was my first thought. Just go back up. I know. Why do we have to go all the way to the holy of holies? You don't just have stay to back open there. the door and go through. Just exactly stay exactly. on the elevator or yeah. something. I don't know. Mm. But I mean, it's Titus. He's like, eh, I'm just gonna do this. I guess. I know because he doesn't <laughs> care. Because he has no respect or even understanding for their religious customs. Right. So he's like, it's not a big deal. It's something to do. It's a puzzle. I'll figure it out. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Uh, so, anyways, once you complete that cloister um, and go and kind of into the inner sanctum there, uh, this is where we get some exposition about the faith. Um, Waka brings it up because uh, Titus asks, "What's inside of the the holy of holies room that you yes, know goes into? Yeah. What's in there?" Now, this is what I did not understand when I first played the game. Yeah, and I get that it's explained here, like okay. Yeah. But when I first played the game, and with the word faith being not a collection of objects or of people, <laughs> um, it didn't quite make sense to me. And, and because I kind of missed understanding exactly what the faith was mm -hmm. at the beginning of the game when I mm -hmm. first played it, it actually made it very difficult for me to understand exactly what was going on later on in the game yes. as the faith take a, a, yes. a different kind of role. and. But it's really important to understand what the faith is. It's not faith. <laughs> it's not faith at all. Not, kind of like sin isn't really it's sin. It's not F-A-I-T-H. Exactly. It's F-A-Y-T-H. Yes. But <clears throat> hearing the Japanese for that word, it's clearly, it's a, just a completely different word entirely. Oh, really? And they say they, it's inorigo, which means like prayer or praying. Inori is like a prayer. Well, inorigo sama is what they say. And so, like san, if you yeah, hear yeah. people saying san, well, sama is like the really respectful version of san. Yeah. So they're clearly referencing people. Yes. When they say inorigo sama, that just means the people who pray. Huh. That's what it means. But then in English, there's this word, the faith, and, and it's different. It, you have to really understand the definition of that to really get what they're talking about. Whereas in the Japanese, it's pretty straightforward. Hmm. Inorigo sama, like the 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 people who pray that and inori go because ko is like the cho the children kanji so it could be the the sons of those who pray but anyways yeah. it's that same kind of thing it's just the people who pray and it's so straightforward mm. uh, and I, I it's kind of cool that they call it the faith but i feel like if they were going to make a change like that that there should have been a little a few more points where they explain what it is than just kind of this Part. Yeah, <clears throat> and maybe the few lines they give to it, it isn't quite enough. Now I got it this time, having played the game already. But, anyways, yeah, it's it's difficult. It was difficult. For I'm I'm uh, like we said last time. We're saving spoiler conversation exactly. stuff to so, the yeah. end of the podcast. Yeah. So I'm I'm trying to like sort of dance around that a little bit in in response to that. Without giving. But Lulu does much. say a, a thing or two <clears throat> about. Yeah, so I, I took down her line. Okay, good. She says, uh, the faith are people who gave their lives to battle sin, 
Yevon took their souls willingly given from their still living bodies. Now they live forever trapped in statues. But when a summoner beckons, the souls of the faith emerge once again. That's what we call an aeon. So the faith, uh, just know that like there's going to be more explained about this as Later you go on, throughout yeah. the game. But this, this point you're speaking on was one I was confused about my first playthrough as well. Yeah. Just the, 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 there's certain like, there's a certain nature to it all that yeah. just kind of like went over my head a little bit. But well, like when it says those who give their lives in battle, right? I'm yeah. like, oh yeah, that's an act of faith. Yes. Right. Right. So I just it just kind of went over my head as opposed to them saying, no, no, it's it's the people. <laughs> it's yeah. not what they did. It's it's them. Yes. Right. Anyways. So the faith are basically people who willingly gave their lives to kind of be put into these statues in these holy of holies inside the temples. Yeah. Where they live forever and they're a part of the summoning process. So when a summoner brings an aeon like the faith are involved in that. Yeah. Uh, yep. So that whole process involves these faith, which are people that are sort of like yeah. their souls are merged with these statues. That's what yep. explanation we get for now. We'll understand more we'll later. We'll carry on more with that later, right? Um, <clears throat> anyway, uh, oh, I liked this line from Titus. Uh, he says, there was something I didn't tell anyone else that day. That song we heard there in the temple the, the hymn of the faith, right? yeah. the, that, those singing voices, that kind of uh, chorus. I knew it from my childhood. It was proof that Spirit and Xanarkin were connected somehow, at least to me it was. Maybe that's why suddenly I felt like I just wanted to go home. I tried to say something to them, but the words wouldn't come. So that melody, that hymn of the faith he's hearing in the temples, he's like, that is a song I remember from Xanarkin. He remembers that song, yeah. Holy so crap. It's just another mm. little connection, right? Mm -hmm. So the music is clearly diegetic, right? It's part of the world. It's not just the soundtrack. Yes. So, who? I don't. Who? Who is singing? <laughs> Maybe it's the faith themselves. That's what I think. I think the faith is singing. That's what yep. I think. Now, some. But one of the comments um, from our last podcast, uh, well, two podcasts ago, I suppose, episode three, mentioned that it's actually a slightly different recording. Each time you hear... Yeah, it's a little different. The, the, mm -hmm. Yeah, the hymn of the faith, or what do they call it, this song, it's a slightly different sound to it, as uh, if there are different people singing it. Yeah, at right. Points. So th this kind of is a little bit of a callback to like, um, like a Hindu-type religion um, with the, the Om, kind of the idea of, of maybe a chant or um, you know, some type of song that is sung within a temple that resonates throughout the whole temple that one person will be doing breathing exercises and kind of you know singing this song but the idea of the om as was explained to me by a hindu person many years ago he said that while during the time while you're uh, making the sounds while you're singing and that song while you're doing your om is your heart your body your mind everything is at peace and is held in like a tranquil state within time, basically. Mm. So the idea is if you can do it forever, you would theoretically live forever, mm. right? Because it, no one can do that, but a lot of people will work on it and try to you know, elongate how long they can make this sound. And the idea being that if they can sing this song, basically, that they can you know, extend their life and, mm. and become one with the world and completely at peace, you know, like oh, wow. in harmony. Wow. 
And I kind of get some of that with the faith here, yeah. with the fact that they're always singing, singing this song. Mm-hmm. And it's a constant thing. And it, it's a callback. And, and from as far as I can tell, it's a call, callback to the Om, the idea of the Oms from you know Hindu religion. Yeah. So I, I'm pretty sure the faith of the one singing. Yeah. It's beautiful, though. <clears throat> yeah. And so the important thing, though, is that Titus recognizes this, this song. He's heard it before from Xanarchip. So... More on that later. Cool. Um, as they're coming out, he, he's, he's thinking, I thought I had put my feelings for Xanarkin behind me, but they were there, and they grew inside me bigger and bigger till I was just about ready to burst. So he's feeling... homesick. Right? Yeah, homesick, yeah. depressed, and, and Yuna tries to... If she sees that he's struggling, she comes over and is like, um, hey, you know, is everything okay? What do you, what, what do you want to do? And he's like, I just want to scream. <laughs> I like that. And this is a good uh, this is a good lead up to maybe a scene later on where Yuna's trying to get us to mm-hmm. to blend in or not blend in to kind of let it out, but in a different way. Yeah. She'd she'd rather us laugh than scream. Yes, right. right. But, We're gonna uh, talk this about is, that. This scene. is kind of a, a beginning <laughs> to that. There, this yeah. is the, both scenes are related, right? Kind of building up to it. Yeah. Right? But right before that, um, as soon as. Yuna walks out of the temple. She gets hounded by a bunch of people. Oh, yes. Like tons of people show up. And you, this is kind of a theme throughout the game. There are always, people are interested in Yuna. People know who Yuna is. She's incredibly famous. Yeah. Um, this was actually one of, this was also one of the comments that I read in the last couple episodes ago. Um, mentioned that Titus and Yuna have this similarity, right? That they're mm-hmm. both the descendants. And we'll talk about this because they mentioned this on the boat. Yeah. Uh, but they're both the children of these really famous people, right? right? But Titus having this moment where he sees her being hounded by people and just like congratulated, no, we love you so much, thank you so much. Uh, but then he has a flashback right then about himself being, you know, the star blitzball player and how mm. people were all around him. You oh, know? that's right. He's and, doing all these like <laughs> yes. animations. <laughs> and, <laughs> and now no one knows who he is yeah, at all. He's not famous. But anymore. here she is. It's like the the fame that he once enjoyed has is transferred to this person, mm. and and he can see uh, a similarity I think in, yeah. between the two of them, yeah. and that will lead us to the the conversation they have on the boat later. Yeah. But that was a cool moment. Mm. So uh, basically, from there you just head back to the the port and you leave Kilika to head to Luca, yeah. and. Uh, there's a lot of stuff that happens here on the boat, but one thing we forgot to mention that I was in my notes that I skipped over on accident was you go into the engine room, room of this ship, yeah. and there's all these chocobos like running on <laughs> yeah. wheels or treadmills, or I can't remember what it is. Anyways, they're the ones yes. generating the power that moves the ship, right? Yes. Um, and something that's very interesting that I don't want to like comment on in depth, but yeah. Tita seems to be very confused by this. Like, very much so. What, what is this? And the person yeah. who's like, I don't know what you would call her, she's like the one who works in the engine room, she's like, there's chocobo power. Yeah, what's, what's <laughs> like, your deal? Well, it's almost as if Titus doesn't like know what a chocobo is. He's never seen, and as I commented, I think in episode two, um, there are no animals, there is no nature in Xanarkand, in right. where, where Titus is from. There, there was no plants, there's no nature, there's no nothing. It's just water and metal and buildings, yeah, you know. Right. And so this is probably the first time he's ever seen a chocobo. <laughs> yeah. So not only what is this thing, but also what is it doing and yeah. is this really how you guys run things? <laughs> this is crazy. Yeah. Anyways, a really interesting little moment. Yeah. Just wanted to point it out along the way because it was something I had meant to say but didn't. Yep. 
Um, okay. The music that plays as soon as we get on the boat. Oh, yes. The do 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 It's absolutely beautiful. Yes, it's a, it's a leitmotif of Titus's theme. Yeah, it's a beautiful song. Yeah, it's like really, really cool. And it's almost like a Spanish classical guitar kind yeah. of sound to it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I love it. It's so, so good. And it really sets the mood for this. If It's a very comfortable feeling boat ride, you know. Yeah. Nothing's going to go wrong this time, right? Yeah. And everyone's really intimate together, you know. And there, there's a lot of good conversations here. Uh, like, it, you can you kind of come out from underneath the deck, right? And yeah. you go up the stairs and you can you can listen in, like sort of eavesdrop on a conversation between Lulu and Waka like yeah. several times. Yes, um, yes. You they continue. keep walking back up and like the conversation continues. Yes. So um, they're basically talking about him. They're talking about Titus and like, you know, what are you, are you really just going to leave him there in Luca or whatever, yeah. you know? And it's like, well, like maybe he can join another Blitz team or something. And she's talking about, well, Yuna wants him to be yeah. a guardian. I love that because we... Um, you start leaving. Well, yeah. I did. Yeah. <laughs> and then it's like guardian. What the heck? Anyways. Yeah. And then you hear that, and it, it's like off guard by takes it, him yeah. off guard a little bit. And then, and, but Lulu's so interesting because she says, "Whose fault is this?" Right? Yeah. Because like Waka's like, "Yeah, but well, who could have known?" And and Lulu's like, "This is your fault." And Waka's like, "It's not my fault." <laughs> and then he thinks for a minute. And he goes, "It is my fault." <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, it. This is, I, I touched on this barely a little bit last time. Like, we just got done talking about how Lulu was fed up with everybody holding on to the past and their connections yes. to people who are dead now and all this yeah, stuff. Yeah. And we talked a little bit about Lulu being annoyed by Titus during the sending and things like that. Mm. Here, it, it, it seems as if, I don't know, there's something about the way this actress delivers, and you're listening in Japanese, but in English, it's hard to get a read on any emotion in it. Well, that's more or less true in Japanese as well. Yeah. Uh, unless she's irritated. It it feels like she's okay with him now. Yeah. But I wonder if it's just more to do with the actress not showing mm. a lot of emotion. Gotcha. Because I don't know why she would be. I don't think that Titus has done anything at this point to like earn no. her, trust, her trust or something. But I wonder if she is like, it's out of her hands, right? Like, whatever's happening yeah. is happening, and she's not okay with it, but like, whatever. It feels like there, there, there might have been some kind of conversation in between here scenes between, uh, yeah. like, Lulu and Yuna, where mm-hmm. she's, again, we kind of touched on this a little bit, but where she's sort of been, like, swayed somehow to be, like, she's given in to the idea of it. I don't know. It would have been nice to have that scene play on camera. Titus overhears them talking or something. Um, where Yuna tries to explain why she wants him to be a guardian. And Lulu, you know, seeing that coming from Yuna would have been like, Yeah, yeah. Okay, fine. You know, like, for your sake, I'll put up with this or whatever. Um, <clears throat> but it's just kind of weird because, like, there's this transition between how Lulu is acting here and here that like for me it, it, it's like whoa where, where did this change of temperament come from mm-hmm. but in any case she's uh, basically saying um, that Waka should go tell Titus that Yuna wants uh, him as a guardian and he's like well why me like why doesn't Yuna ask him or like mm-hmm. you know why don't we just leave the decision up to him and she's saying well because 
he hates his father so much. So you know, how do you expect Yuna to go be to go up to him and be like, mm. Braska, my father, your father served my father as a guardian. Would you also serve me? It, like the whole idea yeah. of that would be something that he might reject. So yeah. you do it and do it with tact and like just like you know ask him if he wants to do it. He's like fine, I guess I will after the tournament or something. Um, so, anyways, they're they're kind of discussing him and uh, his connection to Jack. You know, I, I think Waka says something like, "Oh, why does he hate his father so much, or whatever?" Mm. Um, you know, it sounds like a luxury to me. Like I didn't, yeah, he didn't. I didn't really even know. know my parents. Yeah, right? and Lulu's parents died when she was young as well. Yeah, like so, five years old. Yeah. So it's a you know a nice little conversation. It shows Lulu and Waka's uh, you know connection to each other. What are their feelings about Titus joining them as a guardian, not just leaving him in Luca when they get there and just be like, okay, bye, go find <laughs> a life now. Mm-hmm. So they're sort of considering, like seriously considering him actually joining them beyond Luca at this point. So then Titus walks to the front of the ship. There's a blitz ball there and there's um, a little flashback yes. with, his, with his father. Flashback is good. And he's like trying, he's a kid and he's trying to kind of practice with the ball. And uh, Jack says like, oh, you can't do it, kid. Yeah. Don't worry, you're not the only one. No one else can do it. I'm the best. And he yes. does his little Jack shot. <laughs> right. Uh, yes. And then, then you perform a little well, mini game to now, try to like uh, pull it off, right? Yes. Now about that dream though, there's something very super interesting about the dream that I wonder if a lot of people have actually picked up on because I was reading in the comments um, some speculation on a certain character who actually shows up in this cutscene, and I didn't realize. So as as uh, Titus is running to kick the ball, he falls down, and there's somebody watching him from the background, right? And that's supposed to be oh, Jacked. Oh, yeah. But it's not Jacked. Hmm. Jacked comes from in front of him, Wait and then as Jacked is showing Titus the move, there is someone else in the background. I gotta see this. Do you know who it is? I gotta see this. Hold it on. is. Hold on. I want to see it. Do you want me to tell you who I it is? I want to see it. Okay. <laughs> FF10. People, tell me if you can notice. Pause. Who is that? Oh, the boy's back there. Yes. I see that. The little boy with the purple hood. I don't know. Okay. This is great. This is really good. This shows us something extremely important. Titus is, has a memory of him, his younger self. Mm-hmm. This is a flashback to a thing that actually happened, right? Yes. In this flashback of the memory, the young ghost boy is there. Yeah, and right he's the there. same age. And and, and look, when, when Jack starts showing him the shot, look at where Titus is looking while Jack is like, this is how you do it, you did it wrong. Watch where this kid looks. Okay, so he's like, oh, I didn't do it. Oh, he didn't do it. And then Jack Here comes, comes Jack. And what does Titus do? He turns away from him. Right? Yes. Towards, he's looking towards that kid. Kid. And then Jack shows in the shot, we're refusing to look. We're looking at the other person who's present, who's just off camera right there in that shot. Mm. We aren't watching Jack. We never watched him do this. <laughs> of course, we probably knew the shot because we were his kid. Right. But even till Jack finishes doing this whole thing, you look at us, you look at Titus. He's not watching him. He didn't watch Jack. He didn't watch it. He was looking at somebody else the whole time. Interesting. The, huh. the, the ghost kid is there. I didn't notice that. Now, my thinking up to this game and from having played it previously was that he, he saw the ghost kid as he was older, as mm. he was 17. This 
scene here kind of shows that he's been seeing that kid possibly his whole life. Yeah, his whole life. That that kid's just kind of been around the yeah. whole time. Well, it brings, it brings back to memory the early scene where he's telling the kids, oh, I'll show you. Um, yeah. I'll show you tonight, like how to play blitzball or something. And the kid's like, you can't tonight. You can't tonight. And he actually turns back to the kid. Looks at him. And then turns back, oh, maybe tomorrow or whatever. Right. Right. This is a yeah. person who's been he following around. He interacts and, with yes, this kid. Yes. It's fascinating. But even right here, and this is partly why that kid's present it's, may not be so weird. He's been seeing that kid for 10 years at least. Yeah. Right? Yeah. So really interesting stuff. Mm. Okay. Now we'll talk about more about, you know, who that kid even is later. Yeah. <laughs> but let's move on to the minigame now. Yeah. So you, you perform the minigame where uh, he's, uh, Jack is constantly like talking down. To yeah. Titus and he's like, you can't do you it. You can't. Uh, no one can. I'm the yeah. best. Don't feel so bad because <laughs> no one else can do it either. Yeah. And anyways, if you perform the minigame correctly, you will learn the jacked shot, which you can then use in the Blitzball tournament. Yes, if that's you, right. If you fail the minigame, you won't learn it now, uh, but it is something you can learn later. Later. Okay. So, you know, typically it's suggested that you save before you do this so that if you mess it up, you can get it. Because if you want to win the tournament in Luca, it's nice to have it's the helpful. jack shot. <laughs> yes, the jack. Well, I love that um, it's called the jack shot because yes. Titus doesn't want to call it that. Yeah, I liked that. I, I yes. put a note on I this. actually have lots of notes on that. Because Waka watches him, the, the Blitzball team watches yeah. him perform this move. And they come up and say, oh, what's that move called? And Titus says, it doesn't have a name. Anyone can do it if they yes. try. I it's like a, the total opposite novel on this. <laughs> of Jack's saying, yes. oh, I'm the only one who can do it. It's exactly. my shot. It's exactly. called, this, the, what, what did oh, she end gosh. up calling it? The, well, uh, the magnificent or sublimely magnificent Jack shot magnificent. Mark III. <laughs> <laughs> Which is not what it's called in Japanese, by the way. Yeah. <laughs> in Japanese, it's called the Sir Jack shot the third. Oh, okay. So they inserted the sublimely magnificent in the English version to yeah. make it seem even more arrogant than it already did. You know? Right. So his rejection of it having any name or association with his father. Yeah. But then to say anyone can do it if you try or if you yes. practice is again separating from him. Yes. I really liked that moment. He says, everybody, I know you can believe in yourself. <laughs> Yeah, that's, that's right. <laughs> that's what he said. So, this is what I've got here. It doesn't have a name. Anyone can do it if they try. Titus is what he, it's what he, Titus says after doing the shot. This yeah. is a general philosophy of Final Fantasy style games. And part of the reason why they used to try not to nail players down with a name. You can mm. name your character whoever you want. Right, right, sure. And that's really cool. Final Fantasy X still lets you do that, even as they entered voice acting and all that. It's like, no, but the character that you are... You get to be to that, character. that character. W yeah. When you name something, you know, I'm just going to read what I wrote here because this is, this, is this is fascinating. Anyone can be Titus, right? <clears throat> Anyone can do what he can do. By naming something, you categorize it. By defining something materially, you solidify an abstract idea and it becomes rigid, mm. right? Now, that's actually thematically important for Final Fantasy X because that may be some of the culture around Spira that has you know, been solidified in a way that's, that's Im unbreakable, immovable, right? Mm -hmm. So categorization creates boundaries, and boundaries are inherently limiting. 
right? I feel like there's a connection here with the general philosophy of Final Fantasy. Though, of course, that all changed after Sakaguchi left, right? Yeah, sure. But I like that philosophical ideas like that reach deep into the game and aren't just surface level, right? Mm. So despite the other reasons why not giving Titus a name may have helped the dev team, yeah. <laughs> that's, that's immaterial because it still plays into the theme. Even though it was convenient, not, not as important when you're analyzing the theme. If it works for the theme, it doesn't matter that it was a convenience kind sure. of thing for the yeah. dev team, right? Because it works for the theme, right? So that's, that's still good either way. So this is a general problem with the religion of Yevon in Final Fantasy X. What did and did not constitute religious behavior, which is an abstract idea, right, became coded and exclusive, exclusionary, and, um, you know, the boundaries were set. This is what you can do. And that's what you do when you name something, like your name is Mike, right? Oh, so sure. in my head, there's a little bucket in my head that's the Mike bucket. <laughs> the Mike, and things that yeah. are Mike go in the bucket. Things that aren't Mike go somewhere else. In the different bucket. Or yeah. out. Or even if somebody tells you, oh, yeah, Mike told me yesterday he, uh, he like, killed somebody. <laughs> and I'm like, well, I won't throw that in the bucket because I'm like, that doesn't jive with the other things in yeah, the bucket, right? Sure. It doesn't fit. That doesn't make sense. I don't believe you, Yeah. <laughs> right? And so um, the idea of a name, of a category, when you name something, you're necessarily setting boundaries around it. You're creating mm. a thing whereby you can fill the things that you think ought to go in that thing, right? Yeah. And when, when Titus refuses to name it, what he's doing is he's leaving it open. Yeah. Because when something's rigid, right? Like if you call a shot the Jek shot, the first thing you think of is, oh, that's Jek's shot. I'm not Jack. Yes. Yeah, I don't know if I could do the shot. Yes. But if you just say, oh, this is a sick shot, who knows? Like if I hear a killer guitar solo on the radio mm. and I'm like, oh, dude, that sounds sweet. I'll bet you I could play that. And then they say, that was Eddie Van Halen. What do I think of my ability oh, to play maybe that? Maybe I can't because maybe I'm I can't. not as good as him. Exactly. Right. Or, oh, this was, um, gosh, I don't even know guitarists anymore, but this was Stevie Ray Vaughan. I'm like, oh, dang it. I thought I could play it, but I can't play Stevie. He's, too, he's so good. I won't even try now, right? Yeah. And so it's beautiful. It's really cool what they're doing. So anyways, this works with the exclusivity of the Yevon religion. The god of the religion became solidified as an unchangeable force, which is, if you want to get into Old Testament stuff, that's the idea of crafting an idol after a yeah. god that is abstract, right? And then you, you make the abstract concrete in this thing, and this is god. It's like, well, you may have had that intention, but... That's not God. Yeah, right. That's an idol. Yeah. <laughs> God is very different from whatever you just pulled out from that, right? And so, anyways, that's part of the idea. The first commandment, don't make idols, right? Because mm -hmm. God is this, you know, abstract force. So within the Yevon religion, they have this, this rigid, almost like an idol, this rigid rule, these, these concrete, you have to do this, you can't do anything else, right? Mm -hmm. And that, that, uh, is, that limits God, honestly. But that's kind of, that's the way that culture tends to go, right? Yeah. So the abstract becomes concrete, Concrete, it becomes an idol, stifling and restraining. It turns out the shot did have a name, the sublimely magnificent Jek shot, the Mark III. In Japanese, it was just called the Sir Jek shot, right? Yeah. So Jek took something that was accessible to anyone and everyone, they practiced long enough, yeah. right? And he named it. He named it something that others felt was unattainable. He called it after his own name, name and made it seem as though it was something only he could do. He even yeah. numbered it to give the impression that there was more to it. But yeah. that was merely an illusion. Right. Right. But this works with the general Yevon thing to yeah. begin with, right? Where it's like, oh, you, you'd have to learn Mach 1 before you learned Mach 3, right? right. You don't even try Mach 3 until you've done Mach 1. And, and you, but there they, is no Mach no 1. No one has seen it. No so one's how seen could it. they even practice exactly. one or two? So, so it's a mental thing. It's just, ah, I need to do Mach 1 before I can do Mach 3. 
but it's like, no, Mach 3 is Mach 1. If you just understood that this shot isn't only jacked and it's not Mach 3, then you might actually think you could do it. Okay, yeah. I have more here though, because I think this is really important, because this connects directly with Yevon, right? So the illusion of Mach 3 is something to keep his fans returning week after week, right? Because yeah. there's the illusion that you might see another miracle, right? right? You might see Mach 1, Mach 2, Mach 3, Mach 4. Who yeah, knows? Right. There, more may follow. So people week after week Go back. will keep returning. Maybe mm-hmm. I see where you're going every Sunday morning or, yeah. you know, however mm-hmm. you want to do it. Whatever, whatever it is, right? So the spirit of religion connection is super present there. So Titus is trying to tear down the cult of Jekt, mm-hmm. right? He's actually really pissed. We see this with Yuna. Mm-hmm. People really liked his dad. Yeah. <laughs> and at every moment, he's just like, no, that's not how my dad was. My dad was bad. Stop saying he was good. He was bad. Uh, so Titus is trying to tear down the cult of Jekt. That's more or less what I put it, right? So Titus is trying to tear down the cult of Jekt, who people thought he was, the people who loved him so much, his fans who followed him, clinging to his every word, hoping they would be able to see another miracle. Titus is trying to confront the cult followers that Jekt had. At the same time, he's also slowly dismantling certain concepts within the religious domain of Spira. Right. So he can see through everyone's cult worship of Jekt and says, no, you guys are wrong. He also has this similar ability to kind of see through some of the cultural practices of Yevon yeah. and say, hey guys, this doesn't make sense. This probably, this probably isn't right, right? Yeah. But these two things are coincidental. They're similar right. because the difference between, um, this is where the difference between him and Yuna shows, right? Yuna had a good father whom she loved dearly. There are statues of her father, and the people of the world loved him as well. She doesn't seek to undo her father's following, and she also holds a deep reverence for the church, whose principles she embodies and upholds. There's a connection here of opposites. Once again, the yin and yang comes to mind. They're different modes of thinking. So Titus also says this line, which I love how they put this in the English, and I, I wasn't paying enough attention for the Japanese, but in English he says, there wasn't too much to honor about my father, right? right? The word man, honor, yeah. right? If you're going to talk about honoring a father, you're making reference to honor thy father and thy mother. You're right. making reference to the Bible, right? Yeah. And he, what he's saying is that there was nothing to honor about my father. Yeah. So here's Yuna who holds reverence to her father and to the church. Right. And then there's Titus who does not hold reverence to his father and almost in the same vein does not hold reverence for the church either. Yeah. It's, like they're, it's like they're intrinsically connected, right? So um, Yuna then chastises him as though he's done something immoral by saying that his father was not worthy yeah, you, you can't say that of about honor. your father. You shouldn't say that of yes. your father, right? Yeah, and, and he's, so she is basically like, anyways, it all goes in line with the religious idea of honoring your father and your mother isn't just cultural, it's, it's, you know, it's in the Bible. So in Japanese, the conversation goes a little bit different, but in the end, she says that she feels sorry for Jekt. Titus then says, what about me? And then Eunice says, I feel even more sorry for you. So when he says that there's nothing to honor about, about um, his father, I did pay attention to her response because it was shorter. Because yeah. <laughs> so, sometimes the Japanese gets translated backwards and syntax and yeah. anyways, I just wasn't paying attention. But, um, when, but I do recognize when they don't makes sense though. I do recognize when it's like, that's not what he said at all, right? Right. But this one was, as soon as he says, there's nothing odd about my father, what Yuna says in the Japanese is, oh, I feel so sorry for Jekt, that he doesn't have a son who honors that's him. That's an interesting right? difference. Yes. Because in English, she, he, he says, I got the right. 
Ah, and she, yes. And she says, oh, I guess you do. No, that's not what she says. That's really that's different. That's not what she says. Really, really then, different. So she says, I feel sorry for him. And then he says, what about me? Mm. And then she says, I feel sorry for you too. It's completely different. No, very much so. <laughs> in the English, they're trying to build a little connection between Yuna and Titus um, in that she's maybe coming towards him a little bit. And I can respect that. I can understand yeah. that, right? She's like, no, I loved my father, but okay, maybe there's two sides here. Maybe you have a point, right? Mm. In the Japanese, Japan is very, very... Um, the Confucian system of values is very much ingrained within Japan, Korea, China. It's, it's a... It's a like honoring your parents yeah. and honoring elders, basically anyone older than you, you have to be like very deferential and respectful to right. people who, even if they're one year older than you, they're your elder, you better respect them, right? And so it, the fact that um, Titus is like, I don't respect my old man, um, in Japan, that that hurts more than It's like more shocking. America. Yeah, it's worse. It's a yeah. lot worse. So in America, yeah, we got a Bible that says to honor your parents, but it's like, I don't know that, people care that much, especially younger people. But in Japan, it is very much ingrained from a young age. You don't speak bad about your father. You don't speak bad about anyone older than you. You'll be very respectful to everybody who's older than you, and you're a jerk to everyone younger than you. And that's fine. That's the order of things. Yeah. That's the Confucian way, right? Yeah. So that's why I think this conversation goes a little bit different. Yuna, mm -hmm. it, would, it would make Japanese people respect Yuna just a little less if she was like, oh, okay, you have a good point that you don't honor your father. Yeah. That's not how Japan works, yeah. right? So I think that would explain the difference here. I actually appreciate the English translation um, a little bit, at least yeah. a little bit, because it does offer a little bit of some malleability to Yuna's character that may continue throughout the story. Hmm. That's a really interesting connection because yeah. this is one thing to pay attention to as you're playing the game, is uh, Titus as our point of view character and we were talking about this a little bit on the car back to the train station last week or something, but... Um, the fool. His, <laughs> well, his ability to, because he, he was not raised in the culture, right? Yes, To yeah. see through mm -hmm. a lot of the cultural practices and the traditions for what they really are. Right. Rather yeah. than what they represent or what they're taught to be. Yeah. And he sort of cuts through this. Exactly. In a way that yes. nobody in the culture really can. They can't, yeah. Maybe the Albed, but like. Well, the, uh, yeah, you're right. You're probably right about that. But they're but so the, But the Albed are ostracized to a degree yeah. that where the people won't listen to People them. won't listen, exactly. But exactly. Titus has an in. Yes. And so like he's going to be able to do this for yeah the party in a way that's really important thematically to the story. Um, and we'll talk a lot more about this uh, in, in later episodes. It's, it's one of my favorite aspects of this game's story, generally, yeah. is this different perspective from an outsider of the culture yeah, who yeah, is yeah. able to, because I think, I mean, you know, I think preserving culture is important. I'm not saying that. Me too. But Me there too. are definitely parts of, yeah. of every culture that are, I think are worthy of criticism, that, that need yes. to be changed, but they, they, they have a hard time being changed from inside of the culture right? because the people being raised in it see it as fine or normal or whatever, you know, like extra, or good when it's actually harmful or something. Right? This is a similar um, concept to what we talked about in our in near, near, yeah, yeah. near discussion mm -hmm. where that, that's just how it goes, and some some people may not love that, and that's fine. There, there's a reason why it's this way, you know. Yeah. Like, the idea of a foreigner 
usually a fool <laughs> like Titus coming in and doing something important that even the wisest sages couldn't have done yeah. um, is because of this thing. It's because yeah. of this reason. Yeah. And that's not to say you always have to have someone from the outside coming in yeah. or um, that maybe that can be harmful because that's absolutely true. In fact, in the case with Nier, it's like, well, yeah, sometimes, right? But, you know, there are multiple ways that a culture can change and this is one of them. Yeah, I, cool. I should probably amend a little bit what I said there. I think I said something about a way that a culture can't address it. I shouldn't say can't, but it, it takes longer. Exactly. Or, or that it's, it takes longer. It's more difficult or um, anyways, it's harder yeah. to see it or it, it, it takes a person from within the culture longer to see it. And I guess I see parallels. Mm, I think you're right. Anyways, I, I, I'm just trying to amend the idea that a culture can't be changed from within. Of course it can. Right. It's just easier for a person coming from outside of it, yes, not indoctrinated by it, yeah. to be able to clearly, like, un objectively see it for what it is, right? Yes. And so this is an aspect of this game mm -hmm. that I really, really like. And I like the connection with his way of tearing down the concept of Ject as well. Like, yeah. he's doing, that's basically Titus's role in the story, is to, like, take away people's preconceived notions of and show them what it really is. Multiple ways, yeah, yeah. That, that's yeah. basically his whole role in the story, yeah. to help people see things for how it really is rather than how they've perceived it to be. Right, how they were told to think of it, right. yeah. <clears throat> so I like that, that's great. Yeah, that's cool. Um, okay, so yeah, it's a conversation between Yuna and, oh, he does bring up the idea about, you know, you should understand because your fa father was famous too, kind of a thing. Yeah. Yeah. And that's where she says, but I, I honored him, right? And you should honor your father. <laughs> there wasn't much to honor about my old man. That mm. whole thing. Anyways, uh, yeah. it was a good conversation. It was. So, it really was. Um, the transition narration here, in going into Luca, Titus says, I don't think my old man would have come to <laughs> Luca. He never did like watching other people play. Yes. But I couldn't help feeling something bad was going to happen. And these feelings of mine are usually right. Sure, I had told Waka I'd help win the tournament, but I wasn't sure I had it in me to play at all anymore. So, he's concerned with a lot of more important things than playing Blitzball at this moment. <laughs> yes, absolutely. Um, uh, I, I liked when they're arriving at the docks, they have like an announcer who's like <laughs> announcing every <laughs> It was teams so arriving. funny, dude. Oh my gosh. And the, when the, the most biased possible announcer you'll ever hear. Yeah, because it's Luca. Luca is the, the city, right? So they're yeah. going to be, you but know. But everyone has to play in Luca, and you just yeah. have to put up with this cruddy yeah. announcer every they're, time. They're going to be just... partial to their hometown team. Yes. But I loved what they said about the, the Besaid Aurochs. Well, 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 if it isn't the Besaid Aurochs, they're a living, yeah. breathing, statistical impossibility. <laughs> I've never seen a team this bad. <laughs> <laughs> so bad. In all 23 years, they've never won a single yeah. game. Never made it out of the first round, yeah. ever, in 23 years. It's freaking like crazy. It's impossible for Yeah, them you'd to think that even bad. accidentally they'd <laughs> win one game. is really funny. Yeah, or, it's or, so and as funny. we'll find later, even accidentally be seated higher so that you could have a bye past yes. the first round. <laughs> even that has never happened which, until this time. Which right? did happen, yeah. Um, so anyways, Titus is fed up with the way that they're being treated so he gets up yeah. with a little megaphone like hey luca goers like we're gonna beat you yeah. this time like <laughs> <laughs> doing his thing yeah and they're like man what are you doing uh this is where maester micah arrives on his ship he's like the the leader of spira the religious leader of yevon and of spirit generally yes one of the four masters they call him which indicates this is a theocracy this this mm -hmm. um 
this culture is a theocracy. The church yeah. runs the state. <laughs> right, right, right. So the religious leader is the political leader as yeah, well. Yeah, one and the same. Um, so a bunch of people are running over to like see Maester Micah as he arrives. Titus knows nothing about who this is, right? Yeah, yeah. So Lulu's explaining he's our leader, blah, 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 blah. Don't you know Lulu just hates explaining this? <laughs> <laughs> like, who's, who's the president? <laughs> this is the president. It's like you're talking to a kindergarten. Yeah, and uh, it's been 50 years that Maester Mike has been leading. Yes, a and very so long time. Titus says, um, shouldn't he be retired by now? Yes. And, but Waka he, gets pissed. Yes, because this goes to what you were saying before about yeah. how change has a hard time coming from within. Yeah. Well, um, Titus says, he blasphemes. He yeah. says, well, it, wouldn't it be better if, well, isn't 50 years too long for one person to be yeah, in charge? Right. And it's like, no one's allowed to say that. Yeah. No one's allowed to think that. Yeah. <laughs> Nobody would even would even come to a point where they would naturally think that, right? That mm. almost has to be pointed at by an outsider where it's like, hey, isn't this just like a really old dude? Like, yeah. are, you, are you sure? And then it's like, ah, oh, crap, the court jester just made fun of the king and now I have to, <laughs> now I have to pretend that I'm, you know, that I don't see the truth now. Like right. somebody just pointed out that the emperor has no clothes to yes. use that analogy. Yes. And it's like, yeah, well, okay, well, but I, you have to pretend that you don't see the naked emperor. You have yeah. to pretend because it's like, shut up. Don't don't say it. Everything's fine until you say it. <laughs> Just don't say it. But that's Titus. That's the fool. Yeah. That's the archetype. Yeah. He points it out. Yeah. And now everyone else, it just, the obvious becomes, is hidden until somebody points it out. And then right. and then it becomes obvious, you know. Yeah. But it's not obvious to everyone initially. Right. I and love it. It's so good. Walk is like, hey, mind your mouth yeah, now. Like, don't say that. <laughs> and he's going to be, again, he's the most devout Waka of is. any of the party. He seems to be, yeah. He's the one who's going to always take um, umbrage with, like, anything that, any like, criticism. conflicts or, con- yes. con- yeah, is a criticism of Yevon or whatever. Even a gentle suggestion that 50 (laughs) years is a little too long to be leading. Yeah. It's like, like, no. Nope. Won't have it. Won't have it. Refuse to look at that, right? Yeah. So, anyways. And it's not like he doesn't have reasons, right? Yeah. Especially looking at how his brother became a crusader, which is by necessity a little bit of an excommunication thing is like necessary to become a crusader. Yes. And then he's like, oh, he shouldn't have done that. That was his. If if only he remained faithful, yes, that would he wouldn't have died. Also, he which is technically probably true. He didn't pray before leaving, and the he save. didn't pray. Yeah, it's so all this reinforced Waka's faith. His in His pattern recognition yeah. that it was like, oh, this is this is the correct pattern, even right. though it could easily be coincidence, right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So they run over to the dock, and this is where we first meet Seymour Seymour Guado, um, who is the son of Jiskel Guado, who is like the Guado leader. Guado's a race. Yes. In this game. That's important to know, but they won't really go I into it until later. I don't think we've actually seen a Guado yet. Like, uh, he's half, isn't he? Seymour's Seymour half, half. Yeah, he's Guado. half Guado. So he, he has some elements yeah. of uh, physiology Guado-ness. of Guado. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, also, he, there's human physiology there, right? Half and half. Yeah. So, anyways. Um, well, if you will remember, though, Guado is one of the words that was written yeah. in the temple at the very beginning when we first got to Spira. One of those words is Guado. Yeah. So we'll come back to all that later. So uh, Maester Micah sort of like introduces him, right, yeah. as being like the new Maester. He was just ordained or something Be- like that. Because somebody died. Because his father, Jisco, yes. had just departed to the far plane yeah. fortnight past. As some of you already know, he has been officially ordained a Maester of Yevon. 
And so then Seymour says, in life, my father Jisco worked to foster friendship between man and Guado. I vow to carry on his legacy. So there's, I, I would guess, some friction between those two races in the past. Yes. Jisco was trying to repair that and foster a friendship between them. It would make sense then that he had a His human wife. Yes, oh sure. And a half human son. That's true. As being a person who's yeah, trying a to mend those relationships. Almost like a medieval marriage contract thing where yeah. it's like the royal king of France marries the princess of England or whatever. And yeah. it's like, okay, that. To unite. Unites the peoples. Mm -hmm. I don't know that it ever actually worked, but. Yeah. <laughs> Rarely, but <laughs> <laughs> maybe um, did once or twice. It, usually, that just means now my daughter's a hostage in wartime. I, if so, thing. I can't attack. Yeah, yeah exactly. Um, anyways, so at the end of his little speech, there Seymour shares a glance with Yuna. Yes, and his lips move. Mm -hmm. And and you, it, T Titus sort of notices that Yuna's, I don't know, maybe a little. Embarrassed flustered, or flustered or, or by something. that glance, yeah. he, he she recognized it. Took notice of that. Yes, right. and I, I was like, I was thinking I might want to read his lips, but in a game like this, yeah, where the animation, it's like I don't think that's possible. <laughs> yeah. Um, okay, so then the next scene is in the Besaid Oryx locker room. They're waiting to be to find out who's going to be their first matchup. Yeah, and it, they've always been matched up with Luca Goers in the first <laughs> round, and Luca Goers always, always have the advantage. And so, yes, so he comes in with the good news. We got, he says we got seated, but I think what he means is we, we got seated higher. We which got means a buy. we have a bye. Yes. So we don't have to play the first round. Yes. There's only two matches, the semifinals and then the finals. Yeah. So all we got to do is win twice and we can win the tournament. So they, they get a bye. They get seated higher. So they got lucky. They got out of the first round yeah. automatically. So it's good news. All right, like, cool. And they're playing the Albed the Albed, the Albed Sykes. Yeah, the Sykes. Yeah, it is their first matchup. And um, so, uh, Yuna arrives as he's sort of giving their final meeting before this match, informs Titus that Aaron has been yes. seen in a cafe. Now, how did nearby. Yuna know that we knew Aaron? I actually can't remember how that scene goes. It seemed natural, but I'm thinking about it now. Maybe they were just talking to each other about Aaron. Somebody said, oh, Aaron's here. Everyone seems to know Aaron. And then we overheard it. It's actually an interesting question. I didn't think about it until just now. Because he does say after this, I didn't even question whether this is the same Aurin that right. I know. He's I just like, knew it was the same guy. It would have to be the same one. But yeah. I don't know if they have, at least on screen up to this point, ever talked about Aurin together. I don't think so. But uh, if Jekt is his father, which they all assume is true, yeah. and Aurin and Jekt were friends and fellow guardians of Braska, then, but but I don't know the assumption. I guess she's just making the assumption that somehow he would know that. My guess is she said it to the whole room, and we just perked up. Maybe right? that's true. But um, it's basically just us two talking. I'm like, are you kidding me, Aaron? I know that guy. And so she's saying, yeah, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go see him. And my I remember the first time I played this game, I had a kind of a hard time with this because the game's about to start, right? Mm. And it's like we leave <laughs> now. Yeah, Anyone the, the, the who's ball game, familiar yeah. with any story, you know we're not making it for that no. game. You know. And even though Titus is like, oh, I'll make it back for the game. It's like, no, you know that's not going to happen. Um, but I had a different reaction playing it this time. Because Titus being in a foreign land, this is the first possibility of someone he might have known previously mm. being anywhere near yeah, him. Yeah, in Spira, yeah. That's like... 
I, I approach it, I get a, a new appreciation, I think, for Titus's reaction here and how he just leaves Waka. Because Waka's freaking out. Waka's like, dude, we can't win without you. And Titus is like, Waka, chill, breathe, calm down, take deep breaths. Yeah. It's going to be okay. Yeah, it's going to be good. I'll yeah. be right back. And Waka's, Waka's right. Yeah. Like, Waka knew that he wasn't going to make it back. Nope. And his worst fears came true. Yeah. But um, this was the first chance that Titus could meet someone he actually used to know and know pretty well. Mm-hmm. And I would maybe actually do the same thing. I'd be like, dude, I know I told you I played this game, but I need this guy. I, he might be the only person in the universe that I know. And I need, I can't not yeah. go meet him. I have go to, because what if he leaves, you know? Yeah. And he was also involved in him coming here in the first place. Exactly, like, yeah. What did he do to me? It's his fault yeah, that I'm here in the first fault. place. <laughs> and so there might be some anger there too, where yeah. it's like, I have to go see this guy. Right. I can see that. So I didn't get it before, just because it was annoying that we're going to miss the game. But I get it now. It makes more sense to yeah. me. You went into some owl bed in the hallway from there. Oh, yeah. Um, Again, if you think it's a spoiler to know what the Albeds say and you don't want to learn this till you've collected the primers yourself and play the game on New Game Plus or something, skip ahead like 30 seconds or something like that. But it's not okay. like a huge spoiler for the okay, good. story. Anyways, what the Albeds say, I'm waiting for you to click away if you want to do that. Three, two, one. Is a lady summoner, we must report. So they notice... Yuna walking past, mm-hmm. and this is where they come up with their little plot. So they to didn't know before kidnap that. Yuna. I assumed they to, already were aware. Yeah, to blackmail uh, or mm, whatever. Yeah. Uh, the Al- the the Besaid Aurochs, so that they'll throw the game. Yeah. So they're trying to cheat by taking away their summoner and holding her hostage and be like, you have to throw the game or else, you know, kind of a, th- a deal. Yeah, uh, I don't know why the Besaid Aurochs are concerned about the Im- statistical impossibility. <laughs> Besaid Aurochs are terrible, <laughs> as if they. Ne- I think even right. Titus even comments on this as he if does. they needed to throw the game. Like, why right. are they concerned about the Aurochs? They're terrible. I They're know. terrible. Team. It's like they were desperate. But the game. And that's where he actually, says, "Oh, they must be pretty bad this year too." Yeah. if they're going to these lengths. Right. So anyways, that's just what they say. They're just saying, they're taking notice of Yuna and they're beginning their plot, right? Yeah. To like kidnap her. So, okay. Um, Titus and Yuna are kind of walking through the city. He, he tries to teach her how to whistle. Oh, yeah. By yeah. like putting his fingers in his mouth. This is how we like cheer for people in this ball. Like, yeah. You know, and she tries it and she struggles. Yeah, He's sorry. like, well, keep practicing. You'll figure it out. So nice little interactions with them throughout the city. Um, Titus is remarking on how large Luke is. This is the largest yes. city he's seen so far. And she says it's the second largest city in all of Spira. And he was like, I thought like all of your towns were small, you know, like Besaid and Kilika. Right, in case, um, what, sin comes and Yeah, or, or the, the fact everything. that he comes and destroys it so yeah. often that they constantly have to just rebuild. Um, right. So anyways, she says towns don't usually get bigger than that because a lot of, when a lot of people gather or when they start to gather, Sin comes, kind of a thing, right? Yeah. And so um, he says, what about Luca? You know, it's safe here. And she says, it's not any different, but the stadium is here, and the Crusaders fight to protect it with all their strength. Mm. And he's like, they fight to protect the stadium? And she's like, Blitzball's the only entertainment we have. Spear is a little short on fun these days. So Luca is able to survive at the size that it is and with the number of people there because the Crusaders focus most of their... Yeah, efforts on protecting Luca because that's where they play blitzball. Blitzball is that important to this yeah. culture. <laughs> they have to protect blitzball at all costs. <laughs> so they don't spread themselves out to protect 
all of the towns and cities, they mostly focus on Luca to protect mm. it and to protect the sanctity of Blitzball. <laughs> <laughs> I love it, I love it. <laughs> From sin. So that's why yeah. the city is larger than most others, right? I love it too. Then she asks, oh, was Xanarkand this big? Yeah. Because Titus was remarking how big Luca is, and he's mm. like, mm, he looks around. <laughs> No, <laughs> Santa Can's a lot bigger. <laughs> the buildings are closer together. They're taller, taller. There's more of them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and she's like, wow, that's incredible. Yeah. So then they arrive at the cafe. Aaron is not there. No, um, but some, some Ronzo yep. people are. Who Kamari are... gets into a scuffle with some Ronzo that he knew yeah. back when his time in the, in the tribe, I guess. Well, now we see this is the, the one weakness of Kimari because we've yeah. talked earlier in yep. the series about how Kimari is always there for Yuna. He mm-hmm. never misses out. When Yuna's mm-hmm. in trouble, he's right there. Yep. But not this time. Not this time. And, and this is his one weakness is being mocked, being um, what's ridiculed. Yeah. Um, you know, he's got a lot of pride. The Ronzo have a lot of pride. Yeah. And he happens to have a chopped off horn for mm-hmm. a certain reason. We don't know yet. Um, but he is being belittled by these people. And he also, he's a little he's much shorter. smaller than yeah, them. Yeah, than he's, like, the other he's like a runt. Ronzo. Yeah, exactly. And they're making so fun of his size. He's got some, some pride to protect here and ends up getting into a fist well, fight, into a bar Tidus fight. is the one who like prods him to do it. He's I like, know. take him on. <laughs> yeah. he's, like, he's like, fight him. Because we know how strong Ronzo is and how yeah. good he is. Yeah. So Ronzo just knocks yeah. one down. Or sorry, Kimari. Yeah. And then the other dude knocks him down. And then... Um, we turn around and it's like, where's Yuna? Yep. I'm like, she's gone. She's been kidnapped. And Kimari, this was his one weakness, was somebody who was, you know, culturally making a mockery of him because of some uh, weaker aspects of himself uh, that don't fit into his culture, the way he was raised. Yeah. And he, he, he desperately wants that. He wants the approval of the Ronzo and he can't. He can't have it. He's basically been excommunicated. Yeah. His horn's been cut off. So yeah. it's like... He's no longer a Ronzo. It's kind of like if you touch a baby bird, the mother won't take it back oh, right. kind of thing. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like he's dirty. He's gone. He can't yep. do it. You know? But um, Yuna, you know, I, I, I would hope that, you know, he felt pretty bad. But we never really hear from him much. Mm-hmm. It's mostly Titus that gets the blame. Yep. This is what I find amazing, though. So we notice Yuna's missing. We turn around. We leave. And Lulu's already there. Yes. Not the timing only, <laughs> of this makes no sense. Not only all. is she already there, she's got the ransom note. The kidnaps already <laughs> happened. The kidnapping's already happened. They've Yuna's, already made Yuna's a plan far, about far how away. they're going to deal with it. Dude, with Waka. They, uh, they already know what the signal's going to be. This happened in like the blink of a fetching so eye. So freaking fast. <laughs> so this makes me wonder, how long were Kimari, was Kimari fighting? Fighting those guys? Like it could yeah. be there was some abstraction of the idea of the fight that was condensed for entertainment's sake, but it was really like an hour long where they were just yeah. going at it, you know? It's almost like if this were to play out in a the movie, there'd be like a 10 or 15 minute fight scene. You probably, something. probably. But you with, need with some more and, time. And Kimari like taking on yeah, these Yeah, going himself like and like throwing fists. And like have a big bar <laughs> fight or something. And in the yeah, yeah. You would see a, a shot would cut away to see Yuna being like taken by the yeah. outbed, and the fight would continue, and there'd be you'd, you'd make it a whole action scene or something, yeah. and then they're like Stretch distracted by the TV being like, "Oh, the game is beginning! The game's oh starting. crap! I lost my cool, and I didn't think of the time, yeah. and now I'm late to the game." And then it's like, "Oh, fetch! Where's Yuna? Like, yep, yep. <laughs> everything's going crazy. Everything goes. Kamari." Forget this. We gotta like, get out of yeah. here. And that's and you know that would conceivably yes. be enough time for Lulu yeah, to yeah. have rushed over and been like, "What are you doing? They took <laughs> you lost her. Like the Albed Sykes are like holding her ransom. We gotta go save her now." Yeah, yeah. You know, I guess you could assume that that's the way this went or whatever. But 
Uh, so the three of them are going to go together yep. to save her. Uh, as um, they're going, okay. they see another broadcast where yep. they're seeing Waka get beat up in the game. Oh, yeah. the Albed, the Sykes play dirty. They're, they're like beating him. It's like, oh, the ref didn't call the foul. Yeah. Like, Waka's taking a beating. Again, Lulu's... She's like, he won't last. He's always like that. She's just like being yeah. such a not, veteran. Not like Chapu. Chapu I know. Is so She's perfect. so yes. mean about it, dude. She is. Yeah. <laughs> Mostly in public. Mostly in public. I know. And, and because is... there is a moment later on where Waka kind of passes out and falls into her arms. And she's, she's when, when she's alone, she's yeah. very good to him, yes. it seems. Yes. But if anyone's around, she's got an image to uphold, and she's just the the, the cold-hearted, you know. Yeah. And and it's like you know what you say about someone when they're not present is yes. like more reflective yes. of what you really think. Abs- right? You're right. So you're it's right. like right. I don't know, man. I didn't I didn't like her. <laughs> yeah. <she's laughs> Early not. on in this game, I was like disliking she's her more right. and more. Now I'm talking about like my first playthrough, second playthrough. Yeah. Now I think she's a great character, but no, I think it's so. just this, 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 I don't know. She, she really rubs She's got a cold side to her. Way, she's got a very cold time. side to her, yep. Um, anyways, there's a whole sequence where you're running through fighting a bunch of fiends and stuff and trying to get there before the, and the ship's like taken off and they're like run and jump on it just in yes, time. Yes, yeah, yeah. Gotta fight and this huge spider monster. It's a big, it's a big uh, machina actually. So this is oh, another. Oh yes, you're right, you're right. This is another, um. Reinforcement that that the Albed are not Yevon's supporters. They they this using Machina is like against the religion of Yevon. yes. So they're using yep. machines. They're the blasphemers. Yeah. Yes. They're sinning. They're using the machines. So that's why you're fighting machine here because it's an Albed yeah. ship. And you beat it. You save Yuna. Yuna is yep. actually taking care of herself pretty well because it's, it reveals she that just she, walks out. She on beats her own. some dudes up. Well, Lulu's like, like, I hope you. Hurt, I hope you hurt them. Yeah. yeah. And she's like, yeah, just she's a little like, bit. Yeah, a little. So uh, Titus is talking about like, oh man, I hoped that this was the same ship, you know, because then that's when he reveals, oh, some Albed saved me. Yeah, yeah. Sin attacked us, and I, you know, lost them. I don't know what happened. I was hoping this might be the same ship. And this is where it's revealed that yeah, Luna I didn't realize how early this happened. Half Albed. Yep. Her mother was Albed. Yep. Which is there's a lot to think about with this, and there maybe is they'll a talk lot. about it. How Braska no. a High summoner, yeah. part of Yevon, was wed to an Albed. <laughs> to a, a, what's the word? A, 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 an um, infidel, yeah, basically. Yeah, basically, yes. Yeah. Right. A lot to think about there. We'll maybe touch on that later. But, yeah, it's um, interesting. Her uncle is Sid. Yeah, and so she asks Titus, hey, did you meet anyone there named Sid? And yeah. we're like, I didn't. Titus had no idea what anyone was saying. He yeah. had no idea. So he's like, they were all right. talking their funny language. I didn't yeah. know what they were saying. Right. And so um, Eunice says, oh, well, he's he's my uncle. Yeah. You know, I, I haven't seen him in a long time. Yeah. And he grew distant after my mother got married to Braska. But she told me if I'm ever in trouble, go mm, find to Sid. To go find Sid. Yeah. And this is where one of the reasons I mentioned before how Yuna has two different eye colors yes. is... This is part of it, right? Yes. But it's not, well, we'll get into more reasons. It's not just this. Yes. Because the artistic importance of two different eye colors is, is more than just, oh, she's, she's a, a, a half, half in this world, half, half in this world. Yes. Yeah. But for other reasons too. But at least now we know physically yeah. her parents are from separate lineages that have, you know, they're like um, foreigners. Yeah. And so that resulted in her having two different eye colors, right? Yeah. 
So that's cool. So anyways, Lulu is very strongly like, do not tell Waka <laughs> about her lineage. He uh, he never had a lot of love for the Albed or something like yes. that. Yeah. And, and <laughs> Titus is just yes. sitting there going, whoa, I gotta tell Waka. <laughs> <laughs> It's that was so funny, dude. Hilarious. That was so the timing. Everything was just perfect because we we knew immediately. Like, yeah. oh, we know what he's thinking. He's not going to tell. But Lulu's like, I just said. said I just don't said. Tell Waka. <laughs> and we're like, no, no. And then Yuna's like, oh, the game. I'm like, yeah. oh crap. Oh, and then so. Lulu throws up like a magic flare right oh, into yes. the air, and and Waka sees this from inside the stick inside was the, the game. Sign, yeah. It's like that's the sign that she's okay. You you're free to win the game. Now. Yes. Oh, there's another weird thing that Lulu says. Um, when when Yuna gets first kidnapped and we leave the bar and she's there, um, they say, oh, they want us to throw the match or else, you know, who knows, maybe they'll kill her. Well, Lulu says a line that makes no sense. Mm. She says, we're not taking any chances. Oh. We're going to not throw the match. Yes. <laughs> and we're going to go there. And we're going to kill That's them. That's true, actually. And then That's we're going to take her. That's taking a huge chance. That's <laughs> taking chances. Well, she does say they're blitzball players, so they're probably not going to do anything rash. But then on the back of that, right. we're not taking any we're chances. We're not taking chances. But that doesn't but make sense. With not taking chances would, would be, be throw the game. Throwing the game, the game There's more to make things. sure that she yeah. is okay. That it's would a be huge not chance chances. to go fight the Albed yes. to get her <laughs> true. Exactly. True, So yes. anyways, I thought that was maybe a little inconsistency there. Yeah, I don't know. Right. Okay, so the Japanese might be different. There's like ten seconds left in the game. Waka takes the ball. They do like an a all full assault. A full yeah. assault. They're just all Which rushing the goal. Which I guess means goal. maybe they pulled their goalie as an offensive. Maybe that player. would be an right. equivalent to what they do in hockey. Yeah. To something like that. Some it's kind all of offense. Like you all leave in. Nothing we're we're going to score right now. Yeah. And they score with like two seconds left. They win the game. It's like oh my gosh, the RX actually won. Now here's the crazy thing. <clears throat> that was just Waka. Titus yes. wasn't playing. No. Waka won his first game ever. Yep. They need without Titus. Didn't need Titus. Now, what I love about that, now I'm going to mention somebody here in um, the comment section, which was great. Um, so Jacob Shrum left a comment on episode three. Mm -hmm. And it was some sentiments were also echoed by somebody named Chris Pohl, who said something similar. So Jacob Shrum wrote... Waka obviously really wants to win at Blitzball, and he shows later on that he has the skill to do so, but it's like he put a, the cap on himself. Because he was just, oh, as long as we do our best. Do our best, right? Then I'm happy with it. But this is where that the, the uh, connection between that and the greater world of spirit becomes yeah. really relevant, and I thought this was a great comment. Uh, Waka's entire worldview revolves around Yevon and the inevitability of Sin's return. You yeah. can't kill Sin. Yeah. You can just do your best. Yes. You can't win. Yes. You never win, right? So this says, um, which is why he feels like he can never win at Blitzball, or why he subconsciously prevents himself from winning at Blitzball. Winning in any real way is not in his personal lexicon. Titus forcibly breaks him out of this by coming in with a worldview that is unaffected by Sin or Yevon or any of that, which is a microcosm of what he proceeds to do over the course of Final Fantasy X. Mm. So... That comment from Jacob Shrum was really good because yeah. that is exactly it. It's not that Titus came in and played for Waka and won the game for Waka. 
It's that he showed Waka a different mindset yes. that allowed Waka to win himself. Yes. Right? To break the cycle. That's so cool. Yes. <laughs> that's so cool. Right. And that's what he's trying to do, you know, in other aspects. And yeah. he doesn't even know he's doing it. He's yeah. just showing up. He's he's the fool from a different land who just showed up here and is poking holes in the system, right? Mm-hmm. He doesn't know what he's doing. What he's actually doing, and he's helping so many people in so many different ways. Yeah. But he it's not even that intentional. He's mm. just kind of showing people that there might be a different way. Yeah. And that alone gets people to think outside the box and gives people hope in a different way, you know? Yeah. Really cool. So one thing I want to say in response to this, because I love I love this interpretation. Yeah. I think it's awesome. But just one thing to keep in mind as well, um, because this might be something we'll touch on later in regards to the world building of Final Fantasy X yeah. and the length of calms. Oh, and yeah. things of that nature, right? Um, I, I just think it's important to include in this. They do th- believe that it is possible to defeat Sin ultimately. You're right. At some point, like you are. Maybe right. this time will be the time where he's defeated forever. Each time is supposed to be the last time, and it's not. And it and never it's is. It's po- it's very possible that, yeah, yeah. despite having some hope of that, oh, it's not actually going to be me. Right. But it could be so. They have faith. That's a good caveat. That there that is sense. a possibility. This could be the time we really kill him. Yeah. But I think growing up in the culture, knowing how many For the times past it's thousand repeated, years. it's probably not gonna be me. Yeah. So I think it still works. But I just wanted to put that out That's there. Good. That's they good. They do believe there that they can defeat sin for real. Mm-hmm. There's not this sense that oh, we'll just continually banish it for a short time and have it come back, and we'll just keep doing that forever. They do ultimately believe there's going to be a time when they will have atoned from yeah. from Xanarkin's thousand year, the culture that you know yeah, yeah. started all this, and we will finally be free of this thing forever. So good, good. Okay, <clears throat> Lulu's response to seeing them win is not the most graceful win. If it was Chapu, he'd still be standing. Oh, Lulu. That's See, it, if it wasn't for this, the moment that happens, maybe ten minutes after this, yeah, I, I'm just I'm really not feeling so good about Lulu here. Yes, but that moment actually saves her character. Yes, for me, coming up in a minute. Point. Yes, yeah. I agree. So, uh, Titus confronts her about this. Like, hey, yeah. aren't you just being a little unfair? And she says, "Excuse me." <laughs> she says, "Look, I know I could never take Chapu's place. You're the one who told Waka that, right?" And I don't think Waka could ever take Chapu's place. He's about to say that I know, she's, like, and she's like, you don't want to finish that sentence. <laughs> you say another word. That reminds me. What was, um, was it Casino Royale or one of the James Bond movies where James Bond breaks into M's office? And he's yes. like, I thought M was a randomly assigned letter. I had no idea it stood for... And then, and then Judy, Judy like, Dench, I yeah. she's like, one more word and I'll have you killed. <laughs> she's like, don't you say that out loud. Yep. Anyways, this is great. Yep. Um, anyways, they get back. Waka's pretty injured. Yeah, he's so, super jacked. He's not going to be able to play. So basically, Titus is going to take his place. Yeah. Waka's going to be benched for the, the bench, finals because yeah. he's injured. Um, and they kind of set this all up, right? Uh, oh, uh, okay. This harkens back to something I've been kind of uh, building up to here. He He's kind of upset at Yuna. He says, how could you let some Albed kidnap you? Right, like how could you do oh, that? Right? Right. What are you doing associating with Albed at all? Mm. Not knowing the circumstances, obviously. Right. And and uh, Titus says, "Hey, man, let it go." Right. And and 
Walker responds, don't go near our bed anymore, okay? Yeah, stay away from them. So this is where we've learned now from Lulu and from the horse's mouth. (laughs) Yeah. He has some prejudice against Albed. Yes. And it's really intense. Though he can't recognize an Albed and standing right in front of him. I really liked that they didn't tell this about Waka yeah. earlier in the game. Yeah, me too. Me too. They endeared us to Waka first. They made him likable. They made him Titus's best friend in Spira. They yeah. had them be bros. They and have, he's just the nicest guy. And we get right? to see him get his first victory in Blitzball. Yeah, yeah. And all of this so that when you learn that someone you care about harbors these kinds of feelings, it's like, oh no. Now you're conflicted about it. You're not able to just dismiss yeah. this character. Oh, what a bad person. And I like that because there's nuance to that. Yeah. It, there's, there's, you know, there's a sense that humans... We're messed up. We, we have different cultures in which we grow up and different beliefs that are harbored. And sometimes we're misled because of those things. But that doesn't make the person a completely terrible human being, right? Mm. And I like, that, I like that they are able to have us go, okay, we need to help Waka. Instead of, oh, dismiss Waka. Screw that guy. He's horrible, mm-hmm. <laughs> right? I think that that's really important because you see the humanity in the character and you, you want that character to change. You want to see that change happen. And the fact that they introduced that so much later in the game makes that possible, makes the nuance of this conversation about yeah. his prejudice possible. But I just like in this case that we got to see the good sides of Waka first and that's going to make us like eager to like see him change. Well, and to know that he's maybe capable Capable of it. Yeah. That it's like, no, this is a good person. This Mm. isn't just a, this isn't just a prejudiced person. This is somebody who's, who, who can do what it takes to, to change if we help him along. Right. You know, and that, so it gives us like a thing to do, you know. And then the scene plays out where. uh, So good. So Waka. Waka's bench. We get up, we go to play. Waka's laying down, but then he gets up and I can't remember exactly what he says to her. Um, Lulu says, hey, I saw you pass out in the middle of the field, like, you know, like you're, you were too weak or something like that. She kind of says it a little flippantly and he kind yeah. of stands up and he's like, oh, you weren't supposed to see that. Um, but then he passes out like right then and there and falls right into her arms and she holds him. And I can't remember what she says, but it was something a lot nicer. Yes. <laughs> it was something more like you did a good job. Mm-hmm. Well, you, she says like, sec, you really huh? gave it your all, didn't you? Ah, you're right. You're right. Yeah. yeah, you really gave it your all, didn't you? Mm-hmm. Which is like, you this time you really did do your best. And your best is winning. Yes. It's not what you were doing before, right. you know? She she recognizes the effort rather yeah. than dismissing it like she was before. Exactly. and But yeah. she can only do this when she knows he's not listening and when no one else is around, <laughs> right? So it, there, she's got some image things that yeah. she's keeping up with like herself. Cold exterior, but yes. inside maybe a little softer. Inside very much, very much softer. And you know that she probably showed a lot more of that side when Chapu was around. Mm-hmm. And that some of the reason why she's so cold now is because he's gone. Mm-hmm. And if, if he was still around, we would see a very different Lulu yeah. than the one that we see now. Right. Uh, but it, even still, it does come out from time to time. And mm-hmm. this is one of those really, really tender moments. I really liked it. I also really like, they kind of cut back to this in a second where, you know, he's kind of like, she's like supporting him. And he wrote a a message on the wall 
He said, my best memories are here. Waka, captain of the Aurochs. Because he told nice. everybody, this is my last tournament. I'm yep. retiring after this. I promised myself I'd be done with Blitzball after yeah. this tournament. So this is his last time. He's like reminiscing about his love of Blitzball and all the years he's played in these tournaments. And uh, it's just a nice moment. She kind of helped him, you know, over to write that message. So it, it warms me up to the character, Lulu, a little more. Like the fact that she does have yeah. a little bit of softness <laughs> inside, right? Yep. Um, so then we cut to the stadium and Aaron arrives. Yes. To in slow motion. I love it. You just see game. his feet first and then he comes out. He's he looks jar so sake. cool. <laughs> yes. He looks so cool, man. He's he's awesome. But he's um, just watching, just chilling. So, okay. This game especially being the first blitzball game you play if this is your first time <laughs> playing the game. <laughs> the game. Yeah. It is a hard game to win. Oh, it is. It's it's menu. It's it's weird navigating the whole thing, and this is the main reason why. I didn't even notice. Well, I probably did notice this before, but the most annoying thing is the fixed cameras. Yep. Right. Yep. It, if I had a free camera, like we were just talking about, how great the fixed camera is for this because it's for similar to the pre-rendered background. Not so much as yes. running around Not, on a map. <laughs> yeah. The blitz ball. You need a free camera to play the sport or have at least a wide view that sees everything. Yeah. But having them keep cutting everywhere you go the camera keeps cutting and it's hard to tell exactly when it's going to cut and where mm. you're going and you can't see where the other players are yep. really really frustrating yep and uh anyways your teammates aren't good like i know they're so bad they, like the team you're playing on is bad it's your first time playing yeah. and trying to get used to how it works it, it, it's it's uh, the odds are stacked against you it's almost yes. like you're kind of supposed to lose or something yeah yeah but you can win uh especially if you got the jack shot earlier yes so if, if you survive the first half without getting too far behind, mm -hmm. right? And Titus can use jack shot in the second half. Yeah, yeah. You can win the game. Um, but it is difficult. There are a couple of cool tricks you could employ if you wanted to. Like if you take your character in behind your own goalie, all the characters kind of just spin in place. They like don't know what to do. It's like there's yeah. a problem with the programming. Nice. So you could just I like take the ball and just wait out the first half <laughs> until and it, then get so your, it's zero zero. So they can't score. Yeah, yeah, get your jacked shot in the second half and then go score a goal and then, and take then go the ball hide there you in go. the goal. That's one go. option available to you if you okay. really want to win and you're super struggling with this. Yeah. However, and this is. Uh, <laughs> people who were watching my stream when I was doing this playthrough, <clears throat> I had about the most exciting ending to this Blitzball game. Did it go to overtime? Possibly happened, yes. Mine went to overtime too. So, yeah, Lu the Luka goers scored in the first uh, half, so I was behind. Yes, me I too. got my jack shot. Yep. I go score with that to tie the game up. But you can only really use it once per half because it yeah. takes a certain amount of HP away yes. from Titus. And Titus has tons compared to everyone else. <clears throat> yeah, but, but you, it's still a you lot. need a certain amount in order to even do yeah, the shot. Yeah. So it ended up being tied one-to-one -one in going into and overtime. And then you got possession first. Waka right? is in the game because Waka replaces Titus towards the end of the That's second right, half. Yeah. And he has a special shot He has too, a though. special What's move it, too. I can't remember what it's called. Yeah, it's not as cool. He has a special move. Yeah. And I that's what I won on. I nice. won on Waka doing nice. a special shot in overtime to win. It was nice. about the most like cinematic, picturesque, like <laughs> exciting conclusion for Waka to go out on top yes. in his final game ever. That was, it was super like cool. Picture perfect for the story. 
was and awesome. um, the crowd, because we're you're playing as Titus up and through, I think, a little part of the second half, but then we leave because the crowd is chanting, Waka, yep, Waka, yep. they want Waka, him back. Waka, Waka. Mm-hmm. And I don't know that they would even know who the players are on the Orcs because the Orcs are a nobody so team. Bad. Right? Yeah. But they all apparently are, have, are aware of Waka and have been following him and know know about his struggles. Yeah, and this <laughs> is a little a bit game. of a Cinderella so they story can tell. too, right? Yes. So I'm sure a lot of fans are like, oh my gosh, the RX are going to win this. Gonna the Waka, oh, Waka's going to be, yeah. yeah. And so he comes back in right at the end. Yeah. yeah. <clears throat> so it's awesome. Uh, if you win, um, trying to think if there's a reward for this one or if I'm thinking about the next tournament because at the end of this whole sequence, you can go play more Blitzball, which is what I did. Yeah. Uh, oh, I think you get something. I do, I do think I you get remember. something. You I do can't get remember something. what it is, but there's, you get something for winning. Some item or something like that. That It's like, oh, nice, I got that item. Um, it's not like super consequential, though. You don't have to win this turn. Um, but right at the end, after you've won, like fiends start attacking the stadium. Yeah, yeah. So you end up joining with Auron and fighting him off. Yeah, but the cool part is no, the when Oren takes his sleeve out, though. Yeah, yeah. Like that cutscene yep. is so cool because, you know, you mentioned the the samurai connection there, yes. the the Ronin connection, and it's like that's cool. But most people would like what I would have assumed, what I did assume when I first played the game, is that he just his arms hurt. He just can't use that arm. Right. But as soon as he takes it off, you're like, oh, he can use yep. the arm. Mm. Anyways, it was really, really cool. And I loved he's, it. Uh, the, the, the large kimono sleeve, right, is restricting. So he takes yep. it out so that he has more range of motion. Yes. This one is tighter. He's on still own. just kind of, oh, yeah. you're right, you're the, right. This sleeve is tighter more than this up. one is. So he yeah. only removes it out of that sleeve so that he has, you know, like full range of motion with his arms. Yeah. Um, but we fight off a few of them yeah. until Seymour steps forward yes right and, and he, he does the anima. craziest summon yeah i have not this the design of this character yes is really really cool yeah it's like well, chained chained up it's, yes. it's almost like straight it's jacket chained but also there's like pose. extra arms yeah yeah around it i don't know if those were its it's arms. like inside of almost like this pod looking like thing. a cocoon yeah cocoon. it's like open and he's like chained up like this and he's got um like a uh, what do you call it? Like something covering his head, like like a wraps. Yeah, ra- like a mummy type thing. Yeah, but yeah. one eye is one open. Eye. It's bleeding. Yes. And he just looks at these monsters and just like zaps them. And each shot, you you can tell it, it's like horrific seeing yeah. anima because you're like this is a tortured, tortured being. Yeah. Here. And as anima is shooting at you know the little eye beams at these things it's not just like cyclops x-men it's not like yeah. just like a little laser it's like a massive force that knocks its own head back yeah, like, right so yeah, every time whiplash. he shoots it's hurting him to do this yeah it's hurting anima to do what he does yeah and it is absolutely crazy now we more about anima will be revealed later at that point we will know why he's called anima yeah because it is a carl jung reference right <laughs> But at the moment, we just see what we see. And it's just the most horrific, creepy, scary-looking ion that I can imagine. And just seeing that and seeing Seymour, and that's his ion, it's like, okay, Seymour's probably a torturous person himself. Something more to this guy. Yes. Because he's just like, whatever, I will call from the depths this this tortured being to defend me. Yeah. And um, it's crazy, but it's huge. It's huge. 
And Yuna comments on it later. She's like, Seymour's ion is so powerful. Yeah, right. Like, just beyond belief how powerful mm -hmm. he is and his ion are. Yeah, it's like a, an, an awe-inspiring kind of moment for yes. Seymour's power level. Or whatever. Yes, absolutely. And Aurun's too, by the way. Because yeah. we we um, get to fight with Aurun a little bit, and he just like... Tears through he's very He's very strong. All right, we're going to wrap up here with the last oh. couple scenes. Okay, let's do it. Um, I do have one thing to say yeah. really quick about Mika, Master Mika, Maester Mika. Oh, yes. Um, or Micah. Micah. I think he's called Micah. Micah. Okay. Yeah. Um, the throne he's sitting on. Oh, yeah. You see it briefly earlier, not at this point where Seymour's defending it, but you see it maybe in one of those video screens where, where the games are about to start, right? And he's sitting mm. down. The design of that throne, look at it, think about it, remember it, and then go back to the Besaid Mandala at the Besaid Temple mm -hmm. and try to see if you can find his throne in that. And um, you will find it because it's there. <laughs> and then... Come back to me about what you think it means. <clears throat> nice. Homework. Homework, <laughs> Homework for this week, right? Um, we can slowly piece that mandala together. I want to. Luca kinda... has a ton of that symbolism, by the way. The Besaid Temple oh, uh, yeah. mandala. A lot of those symbols are also all over Luca. Right. All over. Yeah. It's really cool. Uh, I want to just kind of like get through this because I want to end at the end of the Luca section here. Okay, let's do it. Um, I don't know how fast we can do it, but I, I, I'll try. <laughs> Titus confronts Aaron. Like, this is your fault that I'm here. What is yes. going on? It's like, like grabbing him by the holy, shirt. Like, oh, yeah, what did you, you do? You ruined my life. Right. So he finally has his opportunity to do this. Yes. And Aaron just kind of laughs at him. He, I, that just was actually kind of unsettling. Yeah. Where he, he, you don't know what to think of Aaron. Yeah. You don't know who he is. He's, is he good or bad? What are his right? intentions? Yes. Yeah. And he's yeah. laughing, and it's kind of a deep scary laugh yeah. right and it's just like dude what is what, what is, is he doing is he obviously knows stuff yeah what's his deal it's crazy it's really scary so he asks him straight up like who are you yeah and he's like he explains that he was a guardian with Jekt, uh, nebraska that then that they went on a pilgrimage and that they defeated sin 10 years ago yeah. and then he went to zanarkin to watch over titus until he could be brought here yeah and that Jekt was the one who asked him to do it yes Yes, so Titus is like, okay, so is he still alive? Depends and on what Aaron's you like, mean by depends alive. Depends on what you mean by alive, yeah. right? Because basically what happened in that finale of their pilgrimage where they defeated mm -hmm. Sin is that Jekt became Sin. Yes. This is the bomb and This is the reveal. Moment. This was a huge reveal. Yeah. This was a big, big reveal. I got some, um, some uh, search your feelings, you know it to yeah, be true, kind of like vibes. some Star Wars vibes here. But it mm -hmm. was really... This isn't really as similar as like Darth Vader and stuff. You you did not see no. Jekt being Sin coming. No way. You you had no idea that that was what was going to happen here. Yeah. And so it, I felt like the impact was was just spot on. Very yeah. very good. This obviously shakes Titus. Like that's not possible. Yes. There's no way. No, that's impossible. <laughs> right. <laughs> and uh, in any case, Oren he he tries to ask Oren. Uh, well, first he's like. You know, he doesn't really want to go. Like, what if I refuse or whatever? He's like, well, it's your choice or whatever. But I don't really have a choice because you're the only one who explain any of this to me. I don't know how to get I have to what's follow going you. on. Like, yeah. I have to come with you. He's like, yeah, it's, it's Sucks. irritating, Sucks irritating isn't it? <laughs> or are you afraid, you know? Yeah. And so he asks him finally, like, Aaron, am I ever going to go back home, back to Xanarkin? And Aaron says, that's up to Jekt. Yeah. So kind of leaves that a little open-ended there. Remember right? that for way um, later in the game, but... 
But yeah, yeah. It's crazy. Now, this was the moment at which I was originally waiting to point out the fact yeah. that in the opening cutscene, when Xanarkin is destroyed, yes, I, I was hoping that, to come back to this. Uh, we talked about this in spoilers last week, but now that's not a spoiler anymore. Um, you know, Aaron was so expectantly sort of like reacting to Sin's attack, right? Yes. He, like, he knew it was coming. And uh, we talked about how he was kind of like pointing out Sin as yes. he was approaching. What he's actually doing is he's got a, a jug of sake that he yes. carries. Yes. He's, he's holding up the jar of sake to, to Sin, almost in a toasting gesture. Yeah. Which is an indication this is his old friend, he's, Jack, yep. who has arrived and they have a plan. They're doing this for a reason. Yeah. Jack is coming and Aaron has been watching over Jack's son to bring him to Spira. This was the point to begin with. This yes. was the purpose. This was a plan. So, yeah. so Aaron knew this was happening and he was a part of it. And he was like, okay, let's do this. A, a toasting gesture to his yeah. friend, Jack. That was a spoiler before now, which is why <laughs> I didn't say that. There, there's <laughs> another the thing. <laughs> well, there's a little more. We'll come back to the destruction of Xanarkan maybe um, further, closer to the end of the game. Yeah. Um, but there's there's still more stuff we haven't touched on with that yet that's very impertinent to this. Yeah. That's the thing about that opening is there's so it's much packed so, in it. I know. And a lot of it just points to the end of the game. Yeah, and it's it, like there's we can't... tons of breadcrumbs yeah, in yeah. that scene. So much. That when you go back and watch it after knowing the full story, it's like, oh, wow, oh, wow, oh, wow, oh, wow. And it's it's crazy. Yeah. It's one of the best opening sequences, like, it ever. Is. And especially upon a second playthrough. Play yeah. It's just, like, it's mind-blowing what they were able to accomplish. Yeah. Very cool. So we'll return to it. But anyways, yeah. that was the reason why I didn't say that, because I thought it was a spoiler. And usually it's the opposite. Usually I'm saying things and people are like, oh, I don't say that's a spoiler, because I'm not that sensitive to spoilers. But even so, usually it's a context-sensitive sort of thing I'm saying, where it's like, oh, if you don't know already, it's not a spoiler. <laughs> In this case, I was like, this is definitely a spoiler. Like, I'm not going to say that. And people are, are in the comments just it's literally, like, man. saying <laughs> that Sin is jacked and stuff. Yeah. It's like, fetching. Hey, dude, don't read the comments <laughs> if you're not playing this game. Anyway, that was the reason why I didn't yeah. say that then. And, you know, maybe I could have pointed out the fact that he's toasting Sin and just not explained the jacked part of it. But the, I just felt like uh, I'm just going to uh, play it safe here and not spoil this. <laughs> yeah. So anyway, a lot of people commented on that in that second episode. Uh, yeah, that's what's going on. So uh, Aaron decides to go offer his services to Yuna. And of course, she's going to accept yeah. Oh, yeah. to be her guardian, right? Like immediately <laughs> once she realizes. Yes, yeah. please come with us. And then he drags us. He goes, this guy's, this kid's coming too. <laughs> yep. And we're all kind of embarrassed. Yeah. Because Aaron treats us like a kid, you know, just like yeah. Jack did. And anyways, mm. we kind of don't want, we see Titus, he's just so conflicted. He does want to come. He knows he has to. But at the same time, he just, he hates not having control over his life. Yeah. And so part of him is like, no, I don't want to do this anymore. Yeah. Um, but in the other part of him is like, you know well, you're going to do it. Knowing, just, just go. You know you're going to do it. Particularly knowing now yeah. that his father is the beast uh, that they ultimately yeah. have to defeat. There's now yes. like, a, what's the term I'm thinking of? 
a conflict of interest. Very much so, yeah. And it's also interesting to me that Aaron does not reveal this to anyone else. No, so no, yeah. When they, and and when we don't either, really. Yuna directly asks him, is Jack still alive? And Aaron yes. says, I don't know, I haven't seen him in 10 years. I haven't seen him in 10 years. After he just told us, yes. sin is Jack. So yes. he's hiding this from the yeah. rest of the party. Obviously, well, you could, you could imply from this because if Titus is going to come along, he doesn't want the rest of them to know that he knows this mm-hmm. and that he could have that conflict of interest and maybe they wouldn't want him That's to be true. there. That's true. Then they'd stay kicking um, out. There are other reasons too, which we'll discuss later. Yeah. But he does not reveal that sin is jacked to anyone else other than Titus. And Titus keeps yeah. it a secret. I thought that that was important to point yeah, out. Yeah, I think so. I think so. Now he's all depressed and sad, obviously, because yes. what he just learned. And Yuna... And Yuna doesn't really know why, yeah, right? She's coming up to try and cheer him up. Do you, yeah. do you want to scream? <laughs> no, I don't think that's going to help this time. And she, yes. she shows him that she can whistle now, you know. She's trying yeah. all these things. It's not working. And so she tries to tell him about how, as a summoner, you know, there's all this pressure on me. And sometimes I, I'm feeling sad and it's overwhelming. Yeah. But I learned to practice smiling when I'm feeling sad, you know. I yes. know it's hard. So she's trying to get him to just she's so good at that. smile. Yes, yeah. Right? And he's like, uh, he's trying. But like, oh, it's awkward. It's weird. weird. Uh. Yeah. And she's like, okay, now you have to laugh, right? <laughs> now this is the infamous laughing very, scene. Very famous, yeah. Um, and uh, there's, there's a lot to... <sighs> a lot of people say that this is like poor acting. It's, it's a poorly acted scene. Um, and... It's baffling to me because there's two parts of this that are baffling to me. It's baffling to me that anyone would not realize that it's supposed to be this way. Part of it is actually incredibly good acting, yes. <laughs> which is which is weird. <laughs> like it was obviously yeah. on purpose that Clearly, it was such obviously. an awkward laugh. Yes. yes, it was completely on purpose to do this. Yeah. The fact that anyone would not know that. <laughs> And, and would think that that's genuine, a, a, an attempt at a genuine laugh, but like a failed attempt, where within the same scene they yeah. laugh genuinely. Yes, like right, a little bit later. Right yes. after that. Yes. Is crazy. It's so yeah. crazy that I don't believe it's possible. I don't think so, so either. I think I, I think I know what happened here. <laughs> I think people, well, have, playing this game again with, with my wife, as mm-hmm. I've mentioned for the 20th time, um, <laughs> I am sensitive to things that are a little bit embarrassing yeah. about this game, yeah, right? right? There's just a few things, you know, maybe the way some people dress, the way some people talk, the way some people act. It's it's a little bit like, yeah, it's an anime thing. It's just, yeah. you know, whatever. Don't 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 think too much about it, right? This is one of those where the scene happens and, and you're watching laughing at it for the wrong reasons and and it's like oh my gosh what's happening this is embarrassing and you you just you feel things that you wouldn't have felt your first playthrough where it's like no it's supposed to be that way it's supposed to be bad okay yeah it's supposed to be bad <laughs> i guess um but it's supposed to be someone who doesn't want to laugh pretending to laugh and yes. that is exactly what it sounds like yes it also sounds like a a, a cow <laughs> or a calf or a bird. It sounds like someone trying to do a bird call, you know. Caw, yeah. caw, caw. Especially in Japanese. It's I, yes. way fetching worse now, in Japanese. Now, here's the thing. <laughs> Hearing the Japanese and then going back and listening to the English, and I'm thinking... They, they, the, the director played him the clip and said, okay, now do, do that the way he did it. And James Arnold Taylor was like, okay, and he did it. 
Uh, perfectly, by the way. <laughs> Very good acting for what he was told to act, sure. by the way. Um, but yeah, kind of embarrassing to watch, even with somebody who's been playing the game with me up to this point. Yes. It, it is like it, it is a little bit embarrassing that this happened at all. I don't care if I played the game alone. I wouldn't yeah, care. Right. Playing it with somebody else, all of a sudden these things stand out to me in a way where I'm just like, uh, yeah, that's kind of cringy. It's kind of cringy. Yes. And it is. And yes. it's supposed to be. Yes. But the fact that it's supposed to be cringy doesn't make it not cringy. Does that make yes. sense? Yes. So the, the yeah. way I look at this is, because that's always the response from people defending it. It's supposed to be like that. Yes. I think everyone knows that. <laughs> <laughs> Clearly. It's what I'm trying to say. Like, yes. I don't think anyone actually believed that was an attempt right. at a genuine laugh. I would the, hope But not. there is a way to do endearing awkward versus just uncomfortable awkward. That was uncomfortable And this awkward. is what people yes. are debating what it feels like. It went to, into really uncomfortable awkward instead of endearing awkward. Yes. I personally, I, I, I don't know really where I stand on it because I'm so used to it now. I've played yeah. the game a bunch of times. Yeah, I'm so like accustomed to it that it's like, whatever, it doesn't bother me at all. Right, I can't really remember my first response to the scene because yeah. it was so long I ago. I probably had a little chuckle to myself. But it, it does ride that line of just being like uncomfortable. Now yes. there is also a part of it where maybe it is meant to be a little bit uncomfortable because everyone's looking at him and Yuna's like, you probably shouldn't laugh anymore. <laughs> yes, she does. The second time he breathes in and he does yeah. it again, she's like, hey, that's enough. And uh, uh, that's actually <laughs> but funny. But she, she kind of does it too with him a little bit. he does it the first time yeah. and she's like, you probably shouldn't laugh anymore. And he just turns around and goes, <laughs> and he, just goes he just goes all in. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, oh man, I like the scene. I do too. I wonder, because he's scream laughing. Yes. I wonder if there was a little bit of a mixture here before he would scream. He's just, ah, he's screaming to let it out. But yeah. he doesn't feel like screaming here, but she's telling him to laugh. So he kind of does both, yeah. right? Maybe there's a way of understanding it in that way. Um, yeah. I, I would probably have approached this scene from more of like a, like, ha, 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 ha kind of thing. Like, yeah. I'm pretending to laugh, ha, ha. That, but yeah. he goes, and he goes all out <laughs> shouting. And it's like, like so loud. That's, and, and Yuna even remarks, hey, that's a little awkward. You're yeah. being weird. And then the other characters, when they come back, they're like, dude, are you okay? <laughs> like everyone felt the awkwardness. It yes. wasn't just the game player that's yes. like, ooh, this was accidentally awkward. Yes. It's clearly meant to be awkward. Yes. Um, but they, they, it was just a little too awkward. Kind of yes. like um, you watch The Office, right? Right. And it's like some of those scenes that are supposed to be awkward yes. are kind of hard to watch. They're so awkward. That's actually something right? that I think that's really good to bring up. Yeah. There are some... Um, Especially the English version of The Office. It's like, like hard to watch. Remember it's like so those, those prank shows that were really popular Ooh. back in the early 2000s? I think there was one that... Well, there's like Jackass, but then there was... Yes. Um, okay, I see what there you There was mean. that CKY, other one. CKY. Happy, then, happy something. Happy... I can't remember. Anyway, there's mm -hmm. these prank shows, right? Yeah. Where they're just going around doing ridiculous things and yeah, pranking yeah. people. Like, we were inspired by those and, and we would yeah, go out and so do some, some funny things like that, yeah. right? When we'd go film at the at the freaking mall or at the, the grocery store or whatever. Yeah, 20 years ago. Uh, anyways, that was a big thing at the time. There were some parts of some of those episodes where I felt mm. very uncomfortable watching it. It was like really hard to watch yes. for me. It was like, yes. oh gosh, like that's too far kind of a thing. Right. Right? It's supposed to be funny, but like the line between where it's funny and where it's uncomfortable mm. is different depending on who you are. Yeah. I think Parker 
because I would talk to him about it sometimes, he really struggles to find a lot of those things funny at all. Really? Okay. He just feels uncomfortable by it generally. The, putting people in situations like that yeah. is uncomfortable to him. So what I'm trying to say is that the, the point, that threshold will be different for everybody. <laughs> for some people, this is endearing awkward. For some people, it's very uncomfortable <laughs> awkward. And uh, I don't really blame anyone yeah. for feeling that way because no. I do think that this is not one of those things that is like, um, well, the majority are obviously feeling it's endearing. It's like a real split polarizing kind of scene. But I do feel like something that is uncomfortable, awkward, in the context of the game, having played the game multiple times, that uncomfortable, awkward can become endearing, awkward sure. over time. Sure. Especially as we look back on this is one of the first voice acted games. Yeah, ever. right. And th- there is something endearing about it um, to those who care to understand keep it. playing the game or yeah, yeah. Get, get understand the context of everything instead of um, just maybe you played it once when you were 13 never played it again and you thought that part was stupid <laughs> yeah, and you right. stopped playing at that part it's right. like okay fine and that uncomfortable whatever but uncomfortable awkward can become endearing over sure. time over sure. time I think I feel like that's what's happened with me to some degree yeah. with this scene but I, the sentiment of the scene is very sweet and oh yeah very much so a really good relationship building moment for Titus and Yuna. It's yep, like yep. they're drawing closer together bit by bit over time. We talked a little bit in our FF8 podcast about our feelings on how the romance was handled in that game. I'm not super into it. I felt like right. it wasn't handled particularly all that well. I feel like Final Fantasy romances in general aren't handled that well. Yeah, 8 was actually good considering <laughs> Final Fantasy. Yeah, um, but you know. I'm, I'm liking this so far. Yeah. I, I think that they're yeah. doing a pretty good mm. job with it in, in terms of my view of it on, on this playthrough. I think there's enough screen time, enough screen time, enough moments between the two of them that yeah. is building something that feels convincing. And they're getting closer over time and, and yeah. they're, they're liking each other more and more. They clearly have some feelings, but it's not, it's not being rushed. It's being developed slowly. And I like that. Um, you know, even just the moment of her learning how to whistle, right? Yeah, yeah. That was just a short That reminded moment. me of the Final Fantasy Tactics. Yeah. A little bit. The, 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 the grass. The blade of grass, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. It's like there were just short moments in between them going from the, the Blitzball Arena to where Orin was supposed to be at the cafe where they just sprinkle some of this in. Yeah. And they're just doing it bit by bit. And I, I think it's really working so far. I think so. So I, like I really like the sentiment of the scene. The delivery might have... Could have, maybe you could say it could have been done a little better, but... It was done very similar to the Japanese one. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. So, anyways, this is where you go to the Mian High Road. You're going to go to the Jose Temple next. Yes. This is where we're going to leave that, off. That's where we're going to stop. For today. Um, I just wanted to address one more thing, because I think you already did a really good job at bringing up comments along the way. Yes. And responding to well, them. Well, I got one you right got here. You got one more? Okay. I got one right here, which is... Really cool because we're at, we're past this point now. So episode three, maybe it was episode two actually, um, had a really good comment from somebody, a user named Oboronion, O B R O B O R O N Y O N, Oboronion, I think is how you pronounce it. Oh, I know this um, guy. Yeah, okay. I've seen him a lot. So, a um, lot of good comments on the word sheen and what it means. I mentioned earlier the word she means death, she knew means to die, right? Yeah, right. Um, also, people mention sheen can be like. Uh, new or true truth kind of thing. So you've got that, like, you know, Shinjitsu or Atarashin, right? Like that kind of thing. But then Oboronion shows up 
And I'm like, okay, I see, I get truth and, and new, and I'm like, okay, but that's not really as relevant to sin, right? Whereas death is like, I am death, right? That is, that right. is sin. Okay, and it, it's got some connotation to the American word, or the English word sin. So, like, okay, fine. But Oberonian shows up and he goes, actually, you know what? There are a few kanji that can be pronounced sin, and you might want to look into them, right? Mm-hmm. So he brings up one, kami. Oh, the word kami, God. God. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And now I mentioned shinigami to show off how the word shin <laughs> can mean death. Yes. Shinigami meaning death god or death yeah. angel, right? Well, the other side of it, shinigami, right? Mm-hmm. Kami has multiple readings, right? So the kanji that is typically read kami uh, can mean multiple things, uh, or it can be pronounced multiple ways. And one of those ways is shin. Mm. So there's one great example that Oberonian gives, which is the religion Shinto, right? Shinto is, you could pronounce it kami-do, right? Would be the way of God, right? Yeah. But they don't, the, the word kami isn't pronounced kami there, it's pronounced shin. This is one of the really hard things about Japanese, by the way. The, the characters don't always make the same sound for mm-hmm. kanji, and that's very difficult for a lot of people. But um, shin is a reading for within Shinto, is the, the way of God kind of thing. And shin means God in that sense. But then there's another one, and this one absolutely blew my mind. So, Titus uses a word to address his father. The word is um, oyaji, right? Oyaji. Yeah. Oyaji means my old man. It's a rude-ish way to refer to your father. Right. Um, you would say otosan or otosama, something like that. It would make a little more sense if you're referring to him in the third person. But he says oyaji. Now, the important thing about that is that that's made up of two parts. There's oya and ji. Oya means parent. Yeah. Well, would you believe it that there's another reading for the kanji for parent that's shin? It's no that way. exact thing. Yes. Serious? Oya, meaning parent, which is the normal word for parent. The, the onyomi, which is the Chinese reading of that same kanji, which they use in Japan. It's called the Chinese reading, but it's that Japan uses it all the time, is shin. No way. Yes. What the fuck? So, so this is great. So put yourself in the perspective of somebody who speaks a language where shin can mean a dozen different things. One of them is parent. One of them can be something like death or truth or new. One of them is God, right? And then that word is translated into English as sin, yes. which is kind of different <laughs> from what it meant in the Japanese. It didn't mean anything because once again, it's written in katakana. Yeah. So they are not using this kanji. But the Japanese people, when you hear the katakana, you're thinking of the language. You're, you grow up in the language. Yeah. You know the kanji that could be used to make that same sound. So you can have the double meaning of yes. father and death and or father and God or whatever. Yes, it means all of that. That's it, crazy. It, all at once. But I couldn't believe it. Oberonion found, and he says, he claims he tries to play himself down. He's like, oh, I accidentally stumbled across it. Like, yeah, right, dude, you're a freaking beast. <laughs> <laughs> I would not have found that connection in a very long time. But yeah. there is the onyomi for... For Oya is Shin, and and he calls his father Oyaji. Anyways, unbelievable. That very, very cool. That is really cool. Yes, very cool, but also a little spoilery, I got to yeah. say. You know, well, maybe maybe this um, Sin is Your Father hits harder for American audience than it would have for the Japanese audience already understanding that Shin could mean parent in some sure, other way, yeah. some other reading of wow. the word. That's, that's crazy. Yeah. And really, crazy. really cool. Yeah, super cool. <laughs> okay, sweet. So uh, the only other thing I wanted to respond to, okay. uh, probably one of the more common uh, 
comments that we got on episode three was the um, oh, Rome. Uh, <laughs> the whole Roman Empire thing. Yeah. yeah so yeah. <laughs> I, I've actually watched this back because I was I was genuinely confused yeah. why anyone believed that, particularly you, but like either of us thought that the ancient Roman Empire and the Holy Roman Empire were the same thing. That the ancient Roman Empire ended in 1806. <laughs> <laughs> um, I don't think that. I, we, I, I never thought that. We, it was a short, brief segment. <laughs> we mentioned it and probably could have been a little more specific. Uh, sure, and, and, and in an unscripted format, sometimes you don't, you're not as clear as you, you should be or whatever. Yeah, yeah. Um, so I'm just clearing this up. I know that they're not the same thing. Um, Ancient Roman Empire was split into two, the Eastern and yes. Western. This happened like 30, 350 or something 390, like that. 390, something like that. And, and the Western fell in 476 or something like yes. that. The, the, the Eastern yeah, yeah, continued as the Byzantine Empire, For which you time. even said in the I segment. Know, I know, I know. But so it's I all don't good. know it's why good. people don't know that you know that. It's all good. But it, <laughs> then it, in like 800 Charlemagne or whatever, I think, yeah, it was, was po the Pope crowned a new Western Emperor yes, again. And that became empire. the Holy Roman Empire, which was a new thing. Yes. I well, know now that. Expl <laughs> explain what you did mean when you said that thing, connecting it, the thousand years and all that. The, the context of the conversation we were having yes. was how much things change in a thousand years. So yeah. imagine somebody from the fourth century or something being transported to 1300 something yeah. And there being a Roman Empire, but it's not the one that you knew. <laughs> In fact, it's not even close. It's not. It's basically at not all the same. The thing. Roman Empire. The yeah. point was to to, to yes, show yeah, how yeah. different the things are, yes. and that that's a thousand year period. <laughs> yes, but it was not still called that they're the same yeah. thing. Okay, there we go. <laughs> I don't get it. I, I no, I'm not good. trying it's to like good. rail on anybody. I, I just genuinely <laughs> did not understand how anyone pulled from what we said. Because I watched it back again. But several people did, though. So there must have been something there. I guess so. I have to admit that. Because yeah. it was miscommunicated and many people misunderstood. So obviously it's my fault to whatever degree. But what yeah. I said was it continued in a way. I, by what I believe that to mean is right. not technically. What did you mean by not that? Not technically, yeah. but in a way... Yes. Because the Pope the was reviving and, yeah. a Western emperor again with Charlemagne and then Otto after that. So I didn't mean they're the same empire. <laughs> I know that that's not the same thing. Okay? <coughs> I am not historically illiterate. I am I thought, also not a his history buff the same way right, that you right. are and the same way that like Pat Holloman is or something like that. Yeah. So there are a lot of things about history I don't know. And I think that's fine because I'm not trying to be a history guy. But I'm not stupid enough to not know that the Roman Empire fell. Okay? That's all I'm trying to say here. <laughs> Thank you very much for watching our podcast. <laughs> Peace out. We'll talk to you next time. See you later. <laughs>